Take off that dress. No. We'll burn it together and pray for forgiveness. No, Mama. Well, he's not coming. He is coming, Mama. Now stop it. I'm nervous enough. No, he's not coming. He's not going to come. Get <laughs> away! Stop it, Mama! Stop hurting yourself, Mama! He's going to laugh at you. They're all going to laugh at you. Listening to the Buzz Kill Podcast. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. It is episode 204. Welcome back to the Buzz Kill Podcast, where today we celebrate Stephen King on his birthday, the master of horror, with the only gift he really wants for his birthday. A bunch of drunk assholes talking about his stories. And They're all going to drink with you. I hope so. I need new drinking friends. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope so. You're going to drink? Like I just want to I want to walk into a bar, you know, someday when COVID is lifted. I want to walk into a bar and just be like, "You're all going to drink with me." And then everyone and then, drink and, and they then pretend that they're and my then everybody immediately walks out. <laughs> I'm not drinking. I'm not drinking no. with this asshole. <laughs> One of my favorite things to do when Allie's around uh, is like if I'm chatting with like a salesperson or some a clerk somewhere and we're having a good conversation, I'll just legit be like, "Do you want to be friends?" It oh. makes Allie feel so <laughs> awkward, but I've never been turned down once. The guy who helped uh, me design my tux for my wedding, he's come over to my house for a few t- a few times. Nice guy. <laughs> On the opposite end of the spectrum, I've been turned down by lots of guys, and my name is Mike. And hey, in the hot seat tonight, it's me, Brian. Hey, you already you you already heard him, so I guess it's not that much. (laughs) Uh, Hey, Jansen, you you broke the rules, Jansen. You're not supposed to talk before we introduce you. (laughs) Oh, I'm so. Did you listen to our triumphant 200th episode? Uh, no. No. Jansen doesn't (laughs) listen. Jansen listens to this show less than I do. (laughs) <laughs> but you should, because you got called out by multiple people as a thank you of being on the show. Really? Yeah, you did. I, it, I've been me- were, I have been pity meaning thank to watch it. <laughs> you know what? I'll, I'll take it. I've been riding that wave my entire life, and there's no use not riding it now. So I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, apparently, I was talking to, to, to Jansen here uh, before the show. Apparently, he's been on... 17 episodes i don't think that i realized it was that many times really yep wow yeah he and he he and he and he rattled them off you know yeah he quickly like he knew top of his head this is like the most important thing in his life which really makes me question his his whole life life. (laughs) hey 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 i've got notes here and they're very good okay very good notes the best notes tremendous tremendous notes the tremendous notes (laughs) the best notes nobody's notes are better (laughs) <laughs> okay, I'll go back and listen. <laughs> um, but yeah, hey, welcome back, friend. Oh, thanks, guys. I'm I'm super excited to join hey, you guys. I, it's I, been a while. I wish I, I could join you guys. 
Oh yeah, James. Uh, because you can't tell because we're so good <clears throat> at what we do. Uh, James is away, which marks the very first time that I've ever done a podcast without James in the room. Now James has done it without me when I was getting my schnoz yep. done. First time I've done it though. Mm. It's is it how how's, how I does it feel? I, it t- off. I knew it. Brian is not <laughs> wow. you. Brian is not you. <laughs> Well, this so, motherfucker. Sorry, right Jansen. Here. It's just jeez. Well, <laughs> you, 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 you can't. No, nobody can touch what we have. It, I was feeling uh, really good about myself no, no, for no, a little he, bit well, there. He can touch it. He can touch it. It just doesn't feel the same. <laughs> That's. <laughs> I'm just saying. Too much. Too, I'm too open, much. I'm open to let anybody too much try. Too much Indian burn thing, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what you're doing. You have lots of calluses. Knock it off. Yeah, you you didn't work for like you didn't work Me? for like five months during COVID. How'd you get so many calluses on your hands? Well, the, you, you got to keep up somehow, you know. <laughs> Stubborn. <laughs> he, call, he, <laughs> he calls it dick fit. Just and, having a dick and hell. Fit. Let's be real. I'm I'm still not working. Let's be real. Or you know, <laughs> yeah, you're still out of work, aren't you? Yeah, I've I've actually been uh, formally let go. I no longer speak for the company. I don't have an email address. I cleaned up my office a few weeks wow. ago. It's weird. So now yeah, that you're formally let go, why don't you let us know what you really think about that company? Uh, because I can. Because <laughs> you good, because you <laughs> might get your job back. <laughs> no, I, like they they probably won't listen to this. Honestly, uh, I'm probably just going to go back as a freelance contractor because as soon as I was able to like negotiate my contract pay, my my pay per hour pretty much doubled. Oh. So, uh, yeah. So you found OnlyFans as well. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what's yeah. the uh, yeah. what's yeah. what's the info? Right? How do I how do I get on this? OnlyFans. Uh, it's it's OnlyFans.com slash <laughs> Dude Angry Butthole Seventeen. <laughs> Hey, hey, that, that's, my, that, that's, that's mine. Okay, yeah. I, I was going to say that one sounds <laughs> familiar, but I don't think it's Jansen's. <laughs> are you, are you, are you subscriber? Are you big snap into the Slim Jim 24? No, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm Chobble Gobbler. <laughs> uh, so he's my biggest temper. <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't even know. <laughs> this guy's stuff's good. It's weird. You would think so. That. <laughs> You would think that even though it's just a close-up of your butthole all the time, I would still recognize it. But <laughs> I was going to say, I keep my face out of it. What can I say? I have a one-of-a-kind mm. gooch. Oh. Who knew? Speaking of OnlyFans only and working for a church part-time. <laughs> uh, hey, I so work for one full-time. So. <laughs> I, I wor- so I was in a Zoom meeting the other day, and uh, for some reason or another, I had to have my webcam turned off vague uh vague reasons uh and at one point they're like hey brian why don't you turn on your webcam so we can see your beautiful face and before i had a chance to run my filter i was like sorry you're gonna have to subscribe to my only fans for that <laughs> and thankfully the people who are who would have been offended had no idea what it was i got a few like <laughs> and then my then my boss the uh the worship pastor for the church was like, "Dude, read the room." Well, you know, you know what? Wait, though? The worship pastor knew what OnlyFans was. You know, there's okay, a, okay, hold on. Yes. There's a misconception. <laughs> there's a misconception that OnlyFans is only for people. No, Fans. only for only for people who make like you know amateur porn and stuff. Adult videos. Only yeah. OnlyFans yeah. is for there's only. there's people on there. There's musicians on there. There's artists on there. 
I mean, let's be fair. It's become mostly about. I would P- say that TPs and Vijijis, but, <laughs> yeah. but uh, yeah, it's there's still people on there that there's a couple there's a there's some like leather crafters and stuff that I follow who do OnlyFans, aka bondage, right? maybe nice. maybe not. Nice. I don't I, <laughs> quote unquote leather crafters. I don't follow them. I don't follow them on OnlyFans, so I'm not entirely sure. But you might be right. Whips are my craft. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. He. He follows them only on uh, only leather. That was a cool joke, man. It was not a cool joke, but I, I appreciate your enthusiasm. Oh, <laughs> uh, Jansen, how do you wear glasses so, um, and a hat when you're wearing these cans? It fucking hurts. Oh, I, I, you get used to it. So all of my work at this point with AVL is in a studio environment. So I'm in there, I'm wearing a mask, I'm wearing a hat most of the time because COVID hair, and it cans the entire time, and the gigs range between 10 and 16 Now, I know what, AT, I know what so, ATM is. What is AVL? I'm not... Do you, do you explain that on your OnlyFans uh, lighting. <laughs> it's ass, ass, uh, no, AVL, ass, there vagina, we go. lips. The the joke went over his head at first. Uh, it's an audio visual. Who gives a shit? <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Wow. Au- audio and visual labia. Ooh. That's it. Wow. That's the one. Yeah. Right? Very visual. Can you, can you imagine just the audio portion, though? It's just like... <laughs> it's just... <laughs> there, there, there's a market here for that. I'm just telling you. It's the blind it's, market, okay? They need they need it's something. It's been done, Michael. <laughs> Visually don't impaired. pretend like you <laughs> don't pretend great. like you don't know that it's been done already. <laughs> Wait, does does like braille porn exist? Oh, dude, it's, is that is that a thing? Braille, like, like I'm not saying that smut. even in a yeah, bad like, way. I'm just like is that romance a thing? novels and All stuff this like book's that. Hot. Like in yeah. braille, yeah. I yeah, everything in braille. In braille. braille. Dang. I mean, I feel like you could just do a braille a braille porno magazine would just be like a pop-up yeah, like a pop up book, right? book where you can just like it would actually be that would be better. <laughs> you can actually, actually feel everything. Oh, it's so big. <laughs> what happens when those pages get stuck unless together? it's unless it's not it unless it's not the way anymore. that I'm unless it's not the way that I'm thinking about it, where like it's a pop up as in you know like you know the the body pops up instead it's just like. It's still Braille, but over one part, you run your hand over it, and then on one part, it says tits. <laughs> See, I was thinking of like the children's pop-up book is what I was thinking of. But with the wiener. Right? That'd be, that'd be perfect. Poke you in the eye. <laughs> anyway. Yes, um, anyway. Wow, that's that's a hell of an yeah. What have you guys been up to? <laughs> uh not a whole lot i'm still dying over here my voice is still half gone it's actually better now shit man i i talked to you on the phone like what two hours ago yeah you actually did sound really bad when you called me um i sound better now i think it's the booze honest to god i think that like doing like a shot and drinking a couple of beers before the show um is making me better i've said it before it's become sort of my mantra there is no problem in the world that alcohol won't fix I I can't you know? disagree with that. So, and and I and I think that's been proven. Hey, even Jesus yeah. drank wine, right? Yeah. He turned right? water into yep. wine. He knew he knew the score. Yeah, ultimate elky. 
all <laughs> smelky like, right it's there. Like this, yeah, this, <laughs> I could I could go for the hydration here in this hundred sixteen degree weather, but I'll have some fucking I'll have a Shiraz instead. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um, yeah, no, I've, I've, I've not had much going on. Um, I'm prepping, I'm having my folks over to my house for the very first oh, yeah? time. Oh, how are you going to cover that wall behind you? <laughs> uh, no, they already know I'm a virgin. It's totally fine. Um, born again. Point. I just don't like, I don't know how I'm going to fit oh. them in this place. Like where we record the podcast, it's, it's a small place. It's a single, single bedroom apartment. So I'm going to have my, uh, my parents, <laughs> and my brother over on, uh, on Sunday. So you we'll know, see how that you, goes. you think next, next week could be a, a tale of, of a family splitting apart. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> how long have you lived here? Uh, I've been here just over a year and a quarter. Okay. You know, you you say that's, that's a you say that's a small apartment, but uh, a, a a buddy of mine and you guys know him too, or at least Mike does. He just moved to Austin and he did a uh, like a little cell phone tour of his new uh, Jimmy Full Blast. He, oh, okay. he did a cell phone tour of his new place today, and it's cool. It looks nice and everything, but like the self the tour was thirty seconds long. Because it's like you walk oh, in, kitchen, walk in, it's a big room, and he goes, I'm going to put my bed there and my TV there and a recording studio over there, and that's pretty nice, huh? And I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> that is... So what you're saying is that I'm actually yeah, pretty lucky. Yeah, I was going to say, you're actually, <laughs> the, your your apartment is uh, like a fucking castle in comparison. No offense, yeah, Jimmy, I love you, but your place because is I'm, small. Because I'm a rich guy. <laughs> I got that rich guy. <laughs> well, yeah. see that I don't understand people who <laughs> live in dumb places like California and California, California and I don't know every other place other than Michigan. Why would you not come to Michigan and get a huge place to live in for a quarter of the price? Hey, man. So in in my hometown, <laughs> you can get like a fifteen or eighteen hundred square foot, like two or three bedroom apartment. 600 bucks. Yeah, but nobody wants to live in Wisconsin. <laughs> nobody wants to live in Antigo. Dude! It, it, it's the, true. That's the problem. It's true. So so I can't come from that environment. I come here, I'm like, oh my gosh, they're busting my balls here. Like, I I almost got a job there. Thank goodness I didn't. Oh my God. But, uh... Scanty. Yeah. <laughs> it's still, it's much cheaper than Chicago here. I'll give, give you that. Let me ask you a question. What are the pros and cons of Wisconsin. Cheese. Let's start with the pros. That's the that's the major yes, pro. Cheese. Tons of cheese. There is a cheese. There's a cheese brand in every Meyer in Michigan right now called Sartori Cheeses. It is artisan. It's supposed to be really delicious. Comes from my hometown. But what if you can't eat cheese because it just backs you up all the time? Then you need the toughen up buttercup. <laughs> Does it's tough already? All right, it's tough to poo. <laughs> I, Come on. Honestly, I don't I, like uh, it. I don't like I don't care for ours and cheeses. Give me give me a good mozzarella Ooh. to put on something else. I'm happy. Like charcuterie boards or like get out of Dude, here. That. No, hold on. I love it. No, I love I love a good charcuterie board. Hold on. Uh, hold on. I saw you talk about it. Okay. Uh, am I delayed okay. right now, by the way? I'm just going to do this right now. No, okay. you're good. No. I think our internet connection kind of had a little Yeah, when we take a break, back. I'm going to hardwire. So that I can, so that I don't okay. have any, uh, you know, stumbles here. Well, jokes on you. We're not taking a break. <laughs> we're, we're about to talk about serious things like charcuterie boards. Listen, listen, you son of a bitch! I saw you talk about this on Facebook one day, and it is one of the most outrageous things I've ever heard. Who doesn't? Who doesn't like? Who doesn't like a? a, a who doesn't like 
cured meats and cheeses and breads and oils and olives and pickles okay. laid out in a in a in a in a in a way that's pleasing to the eye and easy to grab. This is crazy, man. Here's why I don't like it. Okay. Here's why I don't like it. Let's hear it. Everyone acts like I need to be impressed. Like we we all yeah, we all have a friend out there who works very hard to to be impressive for other people. And so he's like, what, how, what do you think of my charcuterie board? It's like, I think it's food that could have been pizza, but it's not pizza. And <laughs> he's got that a, is point a pretty there. good point. He's so, got a point there. <laughs> and and I'm, everyone who makes a charcuterie board is like, look how impressive no, no, this no. is. Are, aren't you impressed with a what I've done? charcuterie board, though, is more about the artistic expression of your meat. Paint. That's what it is. No, go paint. hold on. I'm, if you, if you, I'm, yeah, you want to be artistic, no, go paint. Listen. I don't know. You can paint with food. I'm a, I'm a I'm foodie. Not, I'm, like, I love making my food I'm not going to say. So like, I'm I, not going to say that when I make a charcuterie board, even when it's just for me and my wife, that I don't set it up in a way that's aesthetically pleasing, because I totally do. But... It literally looks like a penis. That's, he presents it to her. It's just meat in the shape that's, of a that's penis. That's how I get my point across. Like, hey, you can have uh, the better one later. It's Saturday, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> we, we have this on the calendar, babe. <laughs> um, but uh, no, I set it up so it looks nice, but that's not the point. That's not the point. It's, it's meats and cheeses, Jansen, and breads, and breads yeah. and oils. And okay. What's not to like? You son of a bitch. I, may, maybe I grew up in a place where like that was just like snacks before the you real grew, meal up in Northern Wisconsin. You grew up in the, the cheese capital. You grew up in the cheese capital of the world, dude. Yeah. You're a terrible. Yeah, you Wisconsinite. suck at this. Oh yeah, I am. Why do you think I live here in Michigan? Like, for, why do you think I live here in oh. Metro Detroit? Of course, I'm a terrible. Why don't you go? Wisconsin. Why don't you go climb a rock wall and fucking jump off of it? <laughs> Because my muscles have atrophied. <laughs> COVID. Cry me a river, you fuck. All right, let's, let's get into some corrections, okay, shall we? Shall. Stupid! You're so stupid! All right, uh, so last week I'm sure we got a whole bunch of stuff wrong, but uh, James, I didn't actually find anything. Uh, Not too much. I got a couple of things here. Oh, so this, so you, this one is... Do. Wait, 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 wait. You listened to the episode? I listened to a small portion of it. <laughs> Listen, I'll take what I can get. That's yeah, fine. <laughs> <laughs> Shower me with credit, will you? Um, so, what do you got? so this is actually from two weeks ago, but then we said, it's not hold, even last no, week. hold on, hold on, hold on. No, no, no. It's a, it's a twofer. It's like, it's like uh, Inception. Correct, correction, okay. Inception, correction. Um, correction. So two weeks ago, we talked about the potatoes from Taco Bell. Mm-hmm. Last week you corrected me and said that they're called Fiesta potatoes. Correct. And then we said, but that wasn't the point. What they were called was not the point. The point was, do they still exist or not? And they do. You can still get fi- you can still get Fiesta potatoes at Taco Bell. I'm looking at Branson over here. Like this is this is what our conversations have turned into. We are arguing about Taco Bell menu items. <laughs> Hey, what, that's, hey, that's where this podcast is what gone. Else, what else should the we? Last time you've been on. What else should we argue about? Hey, they they have done some heinous things to their to their menu in a time where we needed them the most. Oh, get over it! Um, like, you, what? like what? Like what? Like what? You like, like your co- Mexican pizzas too? <laughs> no, I want a quesarito without having to use this stupid app. <laughs> the fuck is a quesarito? 
Go home, Are dude. Are you serious? <laughs> what is a kill? Okay, okay. You have the gall. <laughs> you have the gall to argue about Taco Bell and you don't know about a quesarito? Get it's out of here. because I we eat are, good food, Branson. We're not doing oh this gosh. again. We had a big, long, we had a big long <laughs> argument last week about the Mexican pizza, which prompted us to go to Taco Bell oh, wait. at 2 o'clock in the morning. Wait. And we got a Mexican pizza. Hold That's on, awesome. hold on, hold That's on. Is, is it the burrito, but then it's wrapped in another shell with cheese in between those yeah, two it, shells? It's wrapped, it's wrapped in a... Uh, uh, it's a burrito wrapped in a quesadilla, like a cheese quesadilla. So it's got some nacho cheese in so, there, okay. and it's got like uh, shredded all right. cheese. I'll, I'll give you a pass on that. That some was Chipotle good. I didn't sauce. know that you couldn't get mm. that anymore. You know, uh, fucking- you can, but you have to order it through their app. They will literally tell you, "Sorry, you got to order it through our app." So get over it, dude. Order it from the app. It's the 21st no. century. <laughs> no, Bill Gates <laughs> wants my information. Taco Bell wants my information. Not doing did it. He, no, he, um, he Antichrist. <laughs> did he chip you? Taco that, Bell's trying. Is that why you don't get vaccines? <laughs> oh. Because, because Bill Gates is going to chip you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't want Bill Gates to know my whereabouts because so, so he's actually, not Google. What so if I, Bill Gates is just putting microscopic microchips in Taco Bell food? Oh. Everybody's In, in the quesarito in particular. What's oh, the letter? Dude, you're fucked. So What's you're, the letter that comes you, after you played, Q? You played right into What's his that? hand. Q. U comes after Q, right? Yeah. So this is the new Uanon. You should be you. Are you not familiar with Q? Whatever. <laughs> don't, don't, we don't it's need to get funny. into it. It's not funny. Um, <laughs> so uh, so okay, I'll give you a little bit of pass on the quesarito. The All first right, per- the first person to ever tell me to get one of those was fucking Brian, and I I looked at I got it I got one and I was like that was really good and then I looked up the nutrition on it and it was like twenty five hundred calories for one of them. <laughs> And I go, that's, oh, that's breakfast. For I guess Ryan. I guess I'm gonna I guess I'm gonna have one of those for the rest of my life. Uh, next but up, was it, but was it deep fried in butter? Uh, bacon fat, actually. Ah, bacon fat. Okay, there we go. All right. So so next up, uh, the jury's kind of out on this one. There's I got like ten different answers. So we were talking about uh, we were, we were talking about uh, what was the name of the brewery? The brewery from was Abomination last week. Yeah. Abomination in in uh, Boston, yeah, Dorchester, Dorchester. <laughs> you mean that Boston. awful, awful beer we drank? Yeah. So Boston. we were talking about whether or not it was called Dorchester or if it was like the way they pronounce Worcester or Gloucester. So I did find one website that said Dorchester is the wrong way to say it. You can say Dorchester, or you can say Dachester. or you can say Dasta. Oh, Dasta. Dasta. You know, like how they call it. Like something that clearly says Worcester is Worcester. And something that clear <laughs> something that clearly, clearly says Gloucester is Gloucester. You know what? So this we one should... is clearly Dorchester, but they call it Dasta. We should, we should hit up Adam Green because he's from Boston. You know, I actually thought know. about that. I thought about that. I was going to tweet him, but I was like, I... I hate Twitter, first of all, and also, and also, if he doesn't, if he doesn't tweet me back, I'll feel rejected. <laughs> Trust so. me, I feel rejected every day. You'll get over it. Um, we should, we should tweet him though. In an all unrelated right. thing, we should tweet him because uh, <clears throat> he's responded to me before. Is all I'm saying. Okay, well, tweet him then because uh, I would, I'd love to know. I will tweet the deets. Tweet the deets. Tweet the deets, um, man. Tweet them. And that's all that I've all got, got for corrections. Yes, sir. All right. So, James, why don't you bring us into what we're drinking and what we're talking about this week while I grab our beers. All right. So, this week, it is, of course, Stephen King's birthday. 
And we are drinking Death by King Cake. Death by King Cake from Oscar Blues Brewery. This is an ale with... This sounds delicious. This is an ale with vanilla, cinnamon, nutmeg, cocoa nibs, orange peel, and pecans. I'm back. It sounds like a cake. It does sound like a cake. <laughs> uh, have we not... Have Okay. We've had stuff from Oscar Blues before. I want to say we've had one. Maybe. It was a it was a coffee stout, I think. That's that. Sure, I'll go with that. Um, and I can't remember what it was for, but we did. We definitely had an Oscar Blues before. So anyway, this is uh, a co- coffee stout. This is from uh, brewed and canned by Oscar Blues Brewery in Longmont, Colorado, and Brevard, North Carolina, and also Austin, Texas. Oh, um, smells delicious. This is, and it's also from the Canarchy Craft Brewery Collective, which is kind of cool. Canarchy. Uh, anyone can be king. Anyone can be king for a day with death by king cake. Inspired by the traditional Mardi Gras treat, this decadent white porter is brewed with vanilla, cinnamon, nutmeg, cocoa nibs, orange peel, and pecans. Plastic baby not included. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like we're missing out. Like, oh, did you guys, plastic baby? Did you guys pour yours in a glass? Yeah. Oh, you assholes! Thanks for telling me. Sorry, man. Wow. I didn't know that I needed to tell you how to drink beer. I'm gonna I take. You'd actually want to know your pl- the flavor profile, but hey, I'm gonna you see that. See that Jimmy Von Sex wig behind you? Just pour it in the wig and then wring it out into your mouth. <laughs> that's that's the proper way to drink this. <laughs> He's looking. And shove it down my throat. That's the proper thing to do with that wig. Love it down your throat. You soak speaking it. Of, you soak speak- it in whiskey and then you shove it down your throat. Speaking of loving things down your throat, Holliston is now available on Shutter. And if you guys have not seen Holliston, fucking watch it. It's fantastic. Because it's quite possibly the greatest TV show ever made. Uh, for horror fans by horror directors. Like it's it's amazing. When is season three coming out? That's all we need to well, know. Well, that's the thing. If Shudder gets the response that they're hoping for, the yes. idea is that Shudder will pay for a season three. Oh, yeah. I that's like what, that. That's like sort of the whole reason why I this like has that. been such a, a cool thing. I've watched the second season already. Um, well, yeah. since I watched the first season a couple months ago, so I was like ready to do it. Um, but I'm bo- going to like continue streaming them so they get the plays like every day. We both have watched the second season. Well, yeah, but like I watched the first season recently, though. Oh, so I was ready on Shutter, on yeah, Shutter. Yeah, no, 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 by myself because I own it, <laughs> and then I was ready to watch the second season. It oh. came out on Shutter, so I watched it on there. But oh, okay. Have you All seen right. Halston? Hey, can we try I, this beer? No. <laughs> have you seen the fuck? Halston? I've never even heard of it, dude. Oh my god. <laughs> you know Adam Green? Yeah. You know Joe Lynch? Yes. I'm they, gonna drink the this two of them. Beer, they're the stars. Like, oh, and it's created by Green. It's his show. Like, it's it's absolutely amazing. How do you spell it? H O L. Are you guys fucking kidding me right now? God damn it, James! Shut the fuck up. No, I want to drink this beer. I will turn this TV off. All right, I'm going to get a glass. If you fucking pricks are gonna sit here and talk about Holliston, go. Can I go get a glass? Go. Jeez. Jesus Christ. I should just pour it into my death Shut the. Fuck no, up and go. Fuck. <laughs> All right, I'm out. I'm gone. I'm not coming back. He's not back. gone yet. He's not. Oh, now he's finally gone. H O L L. I found it. Okay. <laughs> it's it's a sitcom. There's two seasons of it. It's starring like every horror icon you can imagine. Okay. It's amazing. Yep. It is. It's it's fantastic. And they're only 20 minute episodes. They're fantastic. Absolutely 100 watch it. Uh, a season three needs to happen. 
It, sitcom. Yeah, it's great, dude. It's, okay. It started off on uh, Fearnet, and then Fearnet went under as a as a channel, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it was in limbo for a long time, and then uh, Odorous. You know, you know, you're a fan of Guar, right? You know Guar. Yeah, the, the band. The lead, the lead singer, um, okay. who died a few years back, mm-hmm. was one of the characters on the show. Interesting. He, Odorous Arungus, was his character on the show, and then when he died, because uh, him and Green were such good friends, Green found it very difficult to continue for a while. Okay. So there's the whole thing, and you know, which is completely understandable. Um, they were very close, but uh, yeah, he was a character on the show. It's fantastic. God damn it, James, are you back yet? Yes, dude, I'm sitting oh. right here. Oh, okay. And actually, I had <laughs> time. You, I had why don't time you to lick th- that. I, why don't you lick that can again, you simp? <laughs> <laughs> First of all, don't use Reddit terms because that's that's not a good color on you. Um, I'm assuming Whoa. that's where I'm assuming I'm assuming that's where simp Whoa. comes from. What racist? Oh my god! Simp Michael. is from 4chan. <laughs> oh, I mean, 4chan. I even no worse. Idea. <laughs> even more <laughs> racist. <laughs> um. I feel like something that I just said in there was actually probably racist. I don't. I just don't care. Would just um, call, just just <laughs> calling somebody a racist isn't I, isn't racist unless, uh, well, unless it is. I can't keep up anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! All right, so uh, let's try this beer, huh? All right, cheers, cheers, boys. Cheers. What are we drinking again? Um, <laughs> death by king cake. That's weird. What do you mean it's weird? It's, it's delicious. Bad. It's not bad. It's um, it's oh wow um yeah. It tastes it tastes kind of cakey. <clears throat> it tastes like a cake. Did you it ever t- have Mike? Okay, it has it tastes day. like we had, we drank a carrot cake beer back during quarantine. The carrot cake beer was so much better than this. It was. It tastes so just like carrot this. cake. Uh, this is good though. It's good, but did you ever have back in the day Jones Soda made a Thanksgiving themed soda pack? Yeah. Did you ever try them? <clears throat> I tried the, uh, <clears throat> what was it? The the really disgusting one. I think it was turkey. Oh, they were all turkey, really disgusting. Like, or turkey and gravy or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it was like turkey and gravy. There was like a green bean casserole one. <laughs> yeah, there was are you a, serious? Uh, yeah, it was disgusting. Yeah, it was Here's terrible. The thing. This reminds me of that because this doesn't taste like beer. It tastes like some sort of something that I baked in an oven, but I don't know what the ingredients were. Does that make sense? Mm-mm. You know what? I, honestly, like no, I love king cake. It's one of my favorite uh, things from New Orleans. And ooh, man about I, town I, going to I, New Orleans. Knows what he's talking about? Ooh, hey. I love king cake. Wow, I love I love a good beignet covered in powdered sugar. Mm. Hey, beignets <laughs> are a little overrated, but I sure do love them. But <laughs> what a yeah, prick! I, I can I can who's, see it. Who's I can bad? see it? <laughs> <laughs> Yay! <laughs> wow. Wow. Oh, this is your night, man. You signed up for this. <laughs> <laughs> Starting to remember why I stopped coming on here so often. Was it because oh, you two fired me? You never stopped coming. Yeah. Okay, what is... What, what? Uh, this, beer, this beer is good. It's just not... I like my beer to, t- to still taste like beer, and this stops tasting like beer about halfway through my sip. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? There's mm-hmm. too many flavors going on in it. Like, I don't know. It's a bit of an overload for me. It's like a sour <laughs> that fades into <laughs> See, I don't get a sour. cakey taste. I don't get sour. <laughs> nope, I don't get sour. 
you guys are overanalyzing this beer. <laughs> Much like I think you guys are probably going to overanalyze the movies tonight. No, so no kind not of, at all. It kind of fits in, right? Nope. Wow. I'm just going to talk about the how abuse. Brian De Palma's a creep. That's all. You're going to talk about uh, what? Nothing. Um, okay. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So anyway, uh, and and to go with <clears throat> to go with this beer, I never said what we were watching. Oh yeah, we're watching. K- or we 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 watched, and we are talking about Carrie, of course. Yep. And uh, the Dead Zone. I will say this right now: first time I've seen both movies. Mm-hmm. Carrie was one of those movies that I just never, for as famous as it was. I've just never been in the same room as it, uh, and I finally um, don't you own it? I do, and I so finally made good on it. So you've and li- then so you've lived in the same room with it for several years. Sure, I mm. just didn't touch it because nah. it was underage, like the girls in the opening scene. Sorry, oh we'll, get there. Um, we'll get there. We'll get there. Turns out though, uh, Branson here hasn't seen it either. Nope. What? Nope, I, I've never seen the movie, and actually, I read the book just for this episode. Like, really? as soon as I got the... the like, Insight, motherfuckers! Yeah. <laughs> as soon as uh, you guys responded and said I could join you, I went and spent my Audible credit, hopped on there, and read the book. Bro, I got eight Audible credits. I'm just rolling <laughs> in it. Are you serious? Hell yeah. Remember when we used to have an it's, audible link? It's because it's because That's every cute. time I finish it, I just fucking start it over again. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I've been trying to get you to read the Fisherman for no. like two months now. No, I read the Fisherman. Oh I yeah, did. I texted one. you, dude. I told you that I liked it. Yes, come yep. on. Man. It's okay now. that you watch or uh, continue to listen to it though, because this is Stephen King's birthday episode. Exactly. Yeah. Happy exactly. birthday, celebrating Stephen. Stephen King's day of birth. That is true. And so. anyway, that's what we're drinking. That's what we're talking about. Let's get into the bleed feed. Right. Uh, so here's the deal. Um, nobody, at least of note, stop cutting yourself, James. <laughs> mm, nobody of super n- weird. We come back on. We come back to this, and James is just running a knife across his cheek. <laughs> Fucking just hell! Just like the weirdest <laughs> fidget I've ever seen. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've seen that on on the internet. It didn't draw any blood, you guys. And I liked it, but like, <laughs> I don't like him doing it. That's just weird. Um. Speaking of things that are weird, nobody died this week. Um, like nobody, at least within the horror community that I could tell, died this week. Not in the horror so community. I, yeah, yeah. That's that's a good news. That's we good did, news, right? We, we did have a big. We did have a big death in you know U.S. culture. Mm-hmm. But uh, what? Why are you doing that? I I think I missed that. Who? Uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg died today. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, no, we're just, yeah. Stilson has. Is going to rise. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, yeah. Haven't oh, you been fuck. on? Haven't you been on any form of media I in the last people, three hours? No, I saw people talking about her, but they were just showing. They were just sharing like quotes that she had said. Why do there you was think literally <laughs> nothing that said that she died? Why That's do you think a, a bunch sign. of people were all sharing quotes from Ruth Gator Bin, Ruth Bader Ginsburg was, all at the same the, time? Because the quotes that I was reading was stuff like that, that she had said, where she's like, "I at least want to. I at least want to." Um, uh, be on the Supreme Court until the election in 2020. That has nothing to do with her dying. I just figured that that was just her <clears throat> saying stuff. Like I, 
No. Holy fuck, really? Yeah. Yep. yep. God damn it, Ruth. What the fuck? Whoa, dude. No. You don't you don't have to cuss <laughs> at her. I, I, I apologize. You're <laughs> a lovely a woman. Respect. <laughs> I'm pissed because that is just bad for everything. Yeah. Well. Yep. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know. I'm sorry. You're, you're, you're seeing visceral reactions coming out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we don't have to. I right mean, now here. I, yeah. I apologize. This is not supposed obviously, to be a political thing, but damn obviously it, there's a Yeah, obviously there's a, there's a discussion that we could have, but we won't because uh, that's not what this is about. Let's just. Because that tears families apart, James. Let's just. That's, uh, that's why we don't have them. Let's just pay tribute to a, a woman who was uh, incredibly influential. Throughout yes. her time in, in the Supreme Court, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, one one thousand percent. Ruth Bader Ginsburg was, Ginsburg. She was like a a fucking tank, dude. Like she survived so much. Like I feel like it was like every third month she was going in for something. I think she had cancer. Cancer, at one point, I think she? a few times, yeah. But she was like, but she would go in and out and in and out. Every time that she would go in, though, she'd come back like a trooper <laughs> and she'd be back on the bench and yeah. like. She was unstoppable. Yeah, absolutely. and I loved her for it. You know, mm-hmm. she was a an inspiration. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Damn yeah. it, I'm legitimately bummed now. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. You've brought down this entire show. Uh, well, maybe if you kept up to date on your, uh, you know, on your cultural goings on, I wouldn't have to break this news to you on the show. That's that's fair. It's a very fair point. <laughs> I was just going to let you gloss over it, but it felt like a big uh, enough no. a big enough passing that I should I'm, probably mention yeah. it. No, no, no. I'm happy that you brought it up. That sucks. Um, well, speaking of things that suck, uh, COVID-19 is shutting down everything that gives us joy in this world, right? Yeah. Um, however, there are little pockets of sunshine cutting through. Um, with Halloween Horror Nights being uh, cut this year, obviously, that's not Oh, happening. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Universal was not going to take that lying down. Like, they just weren't. Uh, so if you find yourself in the uh, Universal Orlando area, there are some things going on still that you can be a part of, which is actually very cool. Um, they are doing a thing called uh, the Revenge of the Tooth Fairy and the Bride of Frankenstein Lives. They're mazes, pretty much what you would get at Halloween Horror Nights yeah. that are set up at Universal Orlando. Uh, and what they're doing is they're uh, they're they're test they're test running it right now for the Halloween Halloween season to see if it's going to work. But if it does, they're going to be using uh, a new technology called the virtual line. I don't know if that's actually new, um, but there's no lines to wait. Basically, you sign up to go through the maze and you have time to be there. So. You oh just yeah, have to be I mean, there when yeah, the time shows up, and you can be let in. And there's no lines to wait in, therefore you're not around people. You yeah, know, that's not deal. that's not terribly uncommon. They do that. No, they, no. they do that kind of thing at Disney World and stuff like that. And they I think, called it new technology, <clears throat> but I think they just wanted to be special. That's that's my opinion. <laughs> well, it, it um, might be it might be like a phone app or something now, because I think it, is, it, it, is I think it used to be just we give you a time and then you show up yeah, at that time. It is definitely a phone app now. Like yeah, it, you you sign up for it and you can follow along with it. Yeah, yeah. But um, so that's pretty cool. At least they're doing something. You know, I still think that uh, maybe going to Florida is the worst idea in the world right now. <laughs> Call me crazy. It just yeah. seems irresponsible. But um, if you find yourself in Florida and you want to check it out, uh, there are two mazes for you to go through to uh, give you your Halloween Horror Nights fix. So that's pretty cool. Uh, can't blame them for trying, right? Um, let's see. Right here. Back in 1996, James, you remember it well? Yes. That was a big yawn. That was a real big yawn. (laughs) No, it wasn't a big yawn. I was getting that good breath, you know? You know that that big breath that finally fills your lungs after you can't breathe for a while? 
that so good, what that, were you doing that good, in, good? What, were what was you I doing, doing when I was 11? When I was 11? When you were 11, what were you doing? Just fucking laying pipe, you know? <laughs> okay, so he's lying. Uh, Jansen, what were you doing in 1996? <laughs> I was in... Playing Quake? Exactly. Okay, yeah. so um, back in 1996, a game called yeah, Quake came Quake. out, right? Quake was amazing. Quake was one of the very first like multiplayer games you could play online. Um, it was very much like Doom, first-person shooter, the whole deal. Quake mm-hmm. was like that. It was huge. It was hugely influential to the video game world. Yeah. And also, yeah. one of the greatest things about it was its soundtrack. You know why that soundtrack was so good? Why? Because it was made by none other than Trent Reznor. Oh, did the soundtrack nice. to Quake back in 1996? I had no idea. Cool. So that's cool. Uh, the soundtrack was only available on CD for a limited time back in the day, but it's been out of print forever. Um, leave it to Trent Reznor of Nine Inch Nails to re-release the Quake soundtrack. I'm pretty sure some rights issues have been cleared up at this point, which which stopped him from doing it beforehand. But yeah. Um, now he can, and uh, go to the Nine Inch Nails website, the Nine Inch Nails store, and you can now order the Quake uh, soundtrack on vinyl if you are a oh, big cool. video game fan and a big Nine Inch Nails fan. I feel like that goes hand-in-hand hand with horror because Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross does so much stuff for the horror community. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. So like, if you're into that music, you're going to be into this. Even if you've never played the game, it's I listened to it today. It's fucking amazing. Are you going to so pick cool. it up? Um Excuse me. Uh, I don't know that I'm gonna pick this one up right away, only because I have like 17 other records already waiting sure. to take money from my account. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you know, there's something to be, you know, something about responsibility in there. Yeah. But uh, if you do want it and you're more irresponsible than me, you can go to the Nine Inch Nails store and order it now. It's shipping now. It's already available. So uh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's right. I love, okay. I love shadow drops like that, and uh, that's pretty fantastic. Um. Speaking of 1996, back in 2018, <laughs> you see what I nice. did there? Nice. Uh, <laughs> smooth. Eli Roth brought us, uh, via the AMC network, uh, his History of Horror series, which mm-hmm. was awesome. It came. Mm-hmm. It was also on Shudder? Shudder, I think, yes. isn't it? Shudder, yeah. yeah. Do you have Shudder? Yes, I've actually just started watching the, uh, the show. So. Look at that. We have a Shudder convert in the uh-huh. house. Right. I think he's oh, had I, Shudder for Shutter a long for time, about, dude. Yeah, I've had Shutter for like the past two years. You mean you mean you just signed up for it, right? Yes. All right. Okay. So um, <laughs> you mean you so, mean we convinced you to, and and maybe Shutter should uh, sponsor our show, right? Yes. Okay. So uh, Eli Roth in 2018, <laughs> um, via the AMC Network, at his History of Horror series, which then came to Shutter. Fucking order it. Um, which chronicled a ton of different <laughs> horror genres, right? Uh, featuring interviews with some of the. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I inhaled beer for, for somebody all, for it. somebody who's had throat problems for the past couple of weeks. You really fucking tore into that. It's, fucking it's the beer, man. I'm telling you, the alcohol. It's, it's a saving grace here. Oh, um, that hurts so bad. History of horror, ton of different horror genres it covered, featuring interviews with some of the industry's oh. biggest stars. Um, if you are a fan of that series, good news. This Halloween season, we are getting more. As it was announced that uh, it was announced this week that season two of the series will be premiering. October 10th on AMC, which is awesome, which means it'll be on Shutter, give or take, but just fucking watch it on AMC. Just you know? watch it. There's, there's free trials you can get. Just watch it. Um, it's featuring five episodes focusing on uh, witches, monsters, evil kids, 
haunted houses and good old fashioned body horror. Spooky. Which I'm very excited about. Those are all all things that I love, both in my personal life and my sexual life. <laughs> Isn't stuff. your sexual life part of your personal life? Not always. <laughs> <laughs> I disassociate when I'm, when I, I'm making love. There, there needs to be a separation. <laughs> it's, it's, in there. it's the only it's healthy. It, it's, it's it's the only way. It, it's the only way I can reconcile the feelings that come along with the dirty, dirty kind of sex that I'm into. You know, <laughs> don't knock it, right? Those, not, those, those, those plenty of fish people, you know, they're only into one thing. <laughs> uh, speaking of skanks, what's on Blu-ray, James? Oh, hey. Skanks. I kid. I kid. I know people that have met people on Plenty of Fish. Okay, come on. Oh, I thought you were talking about actual fish people. For all you people, people getting upset at me right now. Come on. I don't think anybody made that connection. I, I, I have a sense of humor. I thought you were talking about real fish people. <laughs> <laughs> Is, uh, never mind. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the Owners, starring Maisie Williams, which is already available on VOD, will be hitting DVD and Blu-ray, courtesy of RLJE Films, on October 20th, and will include a making-of featurette. Uh, listen to the synopsis for hey, this. Wait, hey James, hey what? James, what? Didn't we just say on the latest episode of Trailer Trashed that R J L R L J E R L J E? There you it's, go. Listen, <clears throat> that R L J E movies put out great films. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes. Check out Trailer Trashed on YouTube. <laughs> I see what you're getting at. <coughs> I'm sorry. I'm a little slow on the uptake. <laughs> it's because of the beers. Um, And I also drank a little wine before I came on. You know, loosen the pipes up a little bit. <clears throat> Listen to the synopsis for this movie and tell me if it sounds familiar to you. Okay. And I'm not knocking this movie. I'm still going to watch it because it still sounds good, but... A group of friends think they found the perfect easy score, an empty house with a safe full of cash, but when the elderly couple that lives there comes home early, the tables are suddenly turned. As a deadly game of cat and mouse ensues, the would-be thieves are left to fight to save themselves from a nightmare they could have never imagined. I love Don't Breathe. <laughs> yeah, I, I was right? going to say, are we talking about Don't Breathe? It's a great, is this the remake? <laughs> is that what this is? I think that's what we're getting at. I do love Maisie Williams, though, so honestly, yes. I, eh, yes. I can watch it. Yeah, a girl wants you to see this movie, so. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Mike, Mike, yeah. Doesn't, Mike doesn't get that because he's never <laughs> seen Game of Thrones. I, I don't get anything that girls tell me to do. That being said, um, I um, that it, it does sound a lot like Don't Breathe, quite frankly. Um, that being said, though, Don't Breathe wasn't a wholly original movie either. You know, it, it, it was... I, I was agreeing with you. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was agreeing with you. <laughs> like, what is going on over there? I what? inhaled beer because you did something <laughs> weird with your throat. Okay, I'm a little. I'm struggling a little. Usually, bit. you like that. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> Usually, uh, my point oh, is that don't don't breathe. Even though don't breathe was was a, a very original movie in and of itself. You know, it wasn't like. It's its applications weren't used before, you know. No, sure. There's there's been movies where people break in because they think that they're, you know, they're not going to be met with any sort of uh, opposition, and then they are. Sure. Sure. Anyway, here we go. In uh, what is somewhat surprising news to me personally, Scooby Doo and the Gang will be coming to digital and DVD on October sixth in Happy Halloween Scooby Doo, which is their first Halloween movie mystery ever. First? Yeah, can you believe that? 
I mean, I know they've done a lot of horror stuff, so maybe like this is the first one surrounding like the holiday itself. But that's that's what surprised me. Like I'm Weird. I'm surprised that Scooby Doo has never done a Halloween episode before. Yeah, that's what. Or a, ha- or a Halloween. I, I they've probably done Halloween episodes. This is their first Halloween movie. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. that makes yeah. more sense. Because I remember it's still somewhat surprising though, because the entire show has to do with you know ghosts and monsters and that. Um, it's happy beers. <laughs> happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Scooby Doo features the voice talents of Frank Walker. Walker, of course, Greg Griffin, Matthew Lillard. I love that he's actually slid into the actual role of, of Shaggy. Shaggy, it's incredible. Yeah, um, Kate Mc- Kate McCucci. <laughs> I can't with that name. Kate McCucci, <laughs> Bill Nye as himself, and Cassandra Peterson, like the science guy. Yeah, Bill Nye. The oh. science guy, as himself, and Cassandra Peterson, otherwise known as Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. I hope that Bill so Nye is the... be a fun one. I hope that Bill Nye is the bad guy, and at the very end he goes, I would have gotten away with it too if it wasn't for you pesky kids and your science! <laughs> <laughs> That'd be amazing. <laughs> just uh, me? Just me? Okay. Yeah, just, <laughs> just, just, just you. All right. Uh, next up is David Cronenberg's controversial 1996 film Crash. We'll be arriving on Blu-ray and DVD on December 1st as part of the Criterion Collection, and will feature a new 4K digital restoration. They're not really. I mean, Criterion Collection is uh, prestigious, you know. Sure. It's it's kind of weird. They don't really do much though. Like what do you mean? The, this new, it's, it's got a new 4K digital restoration. Everything else, all the other special features are, are classic special features. I've, so here's the thing. I've never been a huge fan of Criterion. Back in the day when they were doing like Laserdisc and whatnot, like yeah. they were like on top of the world. Um, however, the more recent Criterion stuff, I've just not been a fan of. You have other boutique labels like Scream Factory and Arrow that blow Criterion out of the water. And Vinegar um, Syndrome. And Cri- so, yeah. And Criterion always charges an arm and a leg for their stuff, which is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's they're like their Night of the Living Dead set, for example, is amazing. Like they have they have some releases that warrant the price that are you know that are fantastic. I'm not gonna say they don't put out <clears throat> exclusively bad work. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah. That being said, like I you're I, I agree with you. I'm very much let down by a lot of their releases yeah. recently. Yeah, for, and it's for just the not worth for it. the for the price, go and spend that same kind of money for something from Scream Factory or uh or Arrow or, yeah. or Vinegar Syndrome and they're gonna they're gonna give you hours worth of special features. Because they're New companies that features. actually care. Like yeah. I feel like Criterion is just like they went from a company that cared to being a company that's all about business. They just they know um, that they have the uh, the name recognition, the clout. So, yeah, yeah, they have the clout, so they can just kind of. Yep. And this is this is conjecture. Like we. Oh yeah, it's just we, opinion. We it's, don't it's know what opinion, we don't but. know what's actually going through their heads when they produce this stuff. But I it will seems, say this though: seems to us that they don't put as much time and effort and love into it. Yeah, if you buy any Criterion movies outside of the uh, Barnes & Noble sales, the 50% off sales they do every year, you're a sucker. I'll say that. Because those 50% off sales are when they actually get down to normal prices and you can actually buy the ones that you're interested in. I'd say you're an idiot, a loser, a microphone abuser. And with that, I'll move on to the next <laughs> the next one. <laughs> Was that Limp Biscuit? I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm an idiot, a loser, a microphone, microphone abuser. abuser. 
All yes. right. We were due. I would, we I were would due touch for, you right now, but we're, we're 500 paces away. We, we were due for a Limb Biscuit reference. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, Paul Verhoeven's, Verhoeven's 1990s sci-fi action film Total Recall is getting a brand new 4K restoration and will be released on December 8th as part of the film's 30th anniversary celebration. Really? And if you're looking to celebrate in a in a big way, you can scoot on over to Best Buy and Are find they the way third boob <clears throat> implants for free and find the release better, Mike. Better. <laughs> what you about can the old fi- lady costumes? Can I get one of them? <laughs> can I finish? <laughs> go on. Go ahead. Go ahead. You can find the release immortalized in an exclusive, mm. an absolutely stunning <laughs> steelbook. Packaging. Oh. oh God. Oh God. Oh, oh right. <laughs> the steel is so I think, hard. I think I just totally recalled in my pants. <clears throat> All right. So nice. for these uh That's for these the last name. two, it's uh it's two collections. And it's a bunch of movies, so instead of giving you all the information, I'm just going to give you the titles of the movies, and then you guys can do whatever you want with that. So the Hammer Films Ultimate Collection. This is 20 movies. Should I try and do it in one breath? Yes. All right. And with or without dates? Dealer's choice. I'm going to go without, because I could take forever. I was going to say do it with. I'll be more impressed. Oh, really? Okay, okay. Here we go. All right. The Revenge of Frankenstein, 1958. The Two Faces of Dr. Jekyll, 1960. The Curse of the Mummy's Tomb, 1963. These are the damn 1962. The Old Dark House, 1963. The Gorgon, 1964. The Snorkel, 1958. Maniac, 1963. Die, Die, My Darling, 1965. Scream of Fear, 1961. Top Me, Stop Me Before I Kill, 1961. Never Take Candy from a Stranger, 1960. Cash on Demand, 1961. The Stranglers of Bombay, 1960. The Terror of the Tongs, 1961. The Pirates of Blood River, 1962. Ah, oh, damn it, I just took a breath. Uh, the Devil Ship Pirates, 1964. The Camp on Blood Island, 1958. Yesterday's Enemy, 1959. Creatures, The World Forgot, 1971. I have shitty lung capacity. I really should have been, a- I should have been able to do that like in one breath. Like small girls. Michael, what, Mike, what, <laughs> Mike, what are you doing? Taking a picture of your microphone looking like you have a smiley face and a Fu Manchu. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm glad you were paying attention to me. All right, uh, so that's coming. So that's coming from Mill Creek Entertainment, and will re- be released on November 17th of 2020. That's quite a lot of movies, though. It is quite a lot of movies. And yeah, next, like- and uh, last, and certainly not least, again, I'm just going to read you the titles. This is the Vinegar Syndrome October lineup: Dial Code, Santa Claus, Who Done It, Cemetery of Terror, Rest in Pieces, and Necromancer. Um, to end here, uh, in an interview over the weekend, Happy Death Day and and the new movie Freaky, which we watched that trailer. Uh, we didn't do it for the show, but we did watch the trailer Freaky with uh, Vince Vaughn. And, I didn't. Uh, I didn't watch the trailer. Oh, I did. Okay. Well, yeah. regardless, uh, in an interview over the weekend, Happy Death Day director and Freaky director Christopher Landon not only let out, but he wants to make a third Happy Death Day film. Right. Yeah. Which those movies are so good. Oh, so good. They're so good. Um, <clears throat> they don't have a right to be as good as they are, but they're just great. Um, not only does why, he want to Why don't to make, they have a right to be as good as they are? Because they're... It's not that they don't have a right to be. It's just like they're... You wouldn't expect them to be as good as they are. You know what I'm saying? 
Like, oh, I see. They didn't have the fanfare. They didn't have the marketing behind it. But they're just these really great films. They're, they're, they're fun. They're really good, <clears throat> fun horror films. Um, he wants to make a third film that is tentatively titled Happy Death Day to Us. But it was also let loose in this interview that the new film Freaky, quote unquote, certainly exists in the same world. So he is building, even if unintentionally, he's building himself a cinematic universe. Oh, that's cool. Movies. That's pretty cool. Which makes me want to see Freaky even more because I love the Happy Death Day movies. Yeah. So that right there is it's it's genius on his part because if somebody likes the original two movies, they're Mm going to want to see this one knowing that it takes place in the same universe. There could Mm -hmm. be some callbacks. There could be some characters, whatever, like who knows, but like, yeah, I love stuff like that, which is one of the reasons I'm a big fan of Stephen King. Exactly. Which is (laughs) why we are talking about Stephen King tonight. Yes, sir. So, uh, let's take a quick break here. And then when we get, get back, we're going to talk about Carrie in the dead zone. Throughout this, you'll see faces ripped apart with hooks, a man slashing himself into a bloody pulp, and graphic, macabre, torturous images that defy description. Happy birthday to you. Cha cha cha. It's our birthday celebration. Zoom. Our Zoom session just did that weird stretchy thing, so it sounded like you were really (laughs) extending that last note. (laughs) Maybe I was. (laughs) Sounded Um, good though. In honor of the king, not Elvis, because he sucks, but in honor of the other king, Stephen King, we're talking about The Dead Zone and Carrie tonight. Two movies Mm -hmm. I had never seen. Somehow, someway, I had never seen Carrie. The Dead Zone, we can all understand, but Carrie... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't know how I'd never been in the same room with that movie before, but I just hadn't been. So I am so excited to talk about it tonight. Um, yeah, I, it's I yeah I guess I can see I guess I can see if you had never seen The Dead Zone before. I grew up watching a lot of uh, Stephen King movies. Yeah, like that's just because you know my best friend Greg religiously read whoa, all. Whoa, whoa, what? My <laughs> my. My Who's great? Shot through the heart, <laughs> and you're to blame. Spoonie, you, you gave me a bad Listen, name. My, my oldest best friend. Ugh. <laughs> Does that work? My tied for Ugh. first best friend? You grumble, bitch. Does <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Mike. Fucking deal with it, man. Um, I'm, not, I'm not going to deal with it well. I'll tell you that much. He Jesus. was a he was a religious reader of the of the books, the Stephen King novels, and so like every time we would go up to my aunt's house, we would always rent Stephen King movies and stuff. Usually the usually the not so great ones like Thinner. 
Mm-hmm. I like Thinner. I think Thinner I do, was fun. I do too, but, but all in all, it's kind of a piece well, of shit movie. You but. mentioned that though, like the, the not so popular ones though. The, the Dead Zone was always one of those not so popular ones, which is why it just never was on my radar. Like, and, and I, actually, I always was aware of it. I actually like this movie. I, I, know, I liked it a lot. Oh, we lost him. We lost Uh-oh. him. Oh God! You did like did it a lot. Out? Oh wait! No 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 no! Am I back? Am I back? No, Am no. I back? Oh, there you are! There you are! He's back. Yep. Yeah. Am I back? Are we good? We lost you. For I a lost second. you too. So you you so you did like this movie? I did a lot, quite frankly. How is my inter- my computer is telling me that my internet connection is unstable? Mine and I'm, just said the same thing. <laughs> I'm hardwired. That's not possible. Sorry, it's not possible. I liked the last. 70 minutes of the movie. 70 minutes? That's yeah. very specific. I, <laughs> so, so you hated the first 14. <laughs> the, the first... So I had I had to split both movies up quite a bit just because, like... Kids. You know, yeah, kids. <laughs> Young kid. Because of baby. like sleep. Babies and shit. L- likes being awake and being smiling. Damn it. But... Uh, <laughs> I love her so much. But, uh, yeah, so I'd split it up, and I watched the last 70 minutes today, like, uh, during one of her naps. Loved that section. I... Once I understood what the movie was doing, I enjoyed it a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you've not seen The Dead Zone, if you're not familiar with it, this is uh, from 1983, directed by the famous David Cronenberg. I didn't know this movie was directed by Cronenberg. David. I had no idea. What's that? <laughs> David. David. <laughs> David Cronenberg. I'm, I'm skipping uh, the, direct- the director I'm skip- of such movies as The Fly, Crash, Shivers, Rabid, <laughs> The Brood, Scanners, Video Drone. Sc- scanners. <laughs> scanners. I, uh, I, I, skipped, I, was, I was skipping over Cronenberg to get to the most important part. <laughs> Which it was? Christopher Walken. Oh, of course. <laughs> you know. I, I didn't know that, what you were talking about. <laughs> so you just, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> are you being serious right now no okay i was like so why did you fly into an entire walking thing there um, um so this movie um, it's, it's hard over a, zoom you know i can't it, i can't i can't read your beautiful blue eyes the way i usually do get better james um Sorry. synopsis here uh, a man he wagons up from a coma to discover <laughs> he is a psychic wow ability wow in his brain Wow! You know, <laughs> I love anything Christopher Walken does. <laughs> oh, um, okay. Can I just tell the the first lines in this movie combined two of my favorite things in the that? entire world: what's Christopher that? Walken, Christopher Poe. Walken, and specifically the Raven by Poe. Yep. Hearing Christopher <laughs> Walken, oh my God! Hearing never him more quote the Raven, <laughs> never more, and the Raven never flitting. Still I, is I, sitting. Still is sitting. Can we just quote the entire movie and walk in quotes <laughs> instead the, of talking about it? On the palace. So I, I got a palace just above my chamber door. <laughs> wow. So I just got to say right have away. All the semen. Oh, I, fine. <laughs> I, I keep a, forgetting that the, sh- the shtick is I get a, get uh, interrupted. Of a demons. <laughs> that, that is that is dreaming. And the lamplight or oh, him streaming 
throws his Ouch. shadow on the floor. <laughs> I didn't realize how well I, you knew that. I and my, him and my soul from out it that shadow zoom. that lies floating on the floor shall be lifted nevermore. <laughs> Are you done? Yes, I'm done. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So first, first comment. Oh my god. (laughs) Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. When I read this book last year, Christopher Walken was the last person I pictured in this character's shoes. Who who did you picture? No one, like, I'm not going to lie. This I've read, I have the spreadsheet pulled up right here. I've, pre- I've read, like, close to 30 Stephen King books in the past couple of years. <clears throat> this was my least favorite so far. Oh, is it really? Really? Yeah. Yeah, because, wow. it, it, like, it, it, it was really well written. It was this really, it was this really well done, like, emotional, dramatic romp with, uh, about... A uh, psychic and a politician. I'm uh, not Trump. Uh, Stilson. Stilson. That, that's the name. <laughs> Sorry. Trump. Sorry. I, I got my wires crossed. <laughs> How amazing. But um, it, it it was good. It was just not what I was looking for in the in the at the time. Yeah. In the character, <clears throat> I I the character was just like an everyman sort of character. So when you throw somebody it's as funny you say that because his name is John Smith. <laughs> Exactly. He's literally the every every man character. So when you throw somebody as notable and as distinct as Christopher Walken in a character like that, it gave me a little bit of whiplash in the beginning. I'm not going to lie. I thought he worked really well, though, personally. It, it was a great <laughs> performance. It was very emotional. It was very dramatic. It was it was a fantastic performance by him. It just, Christopher Walken's not an everyman. He's Christopher Walken. Yeah. What I was not prepared for with this movie is that it plays out like an anthology movie. Quite frankly, yeah. There's, there's so three, much there's, there's to like it. There's three distinct different stories, mm-hmm. definitely. And the and like Chris, the Christopher Walken character, Johnny Smith, is the over. He's like the crypt keeper. He's the overarching character throughout <laughs> all the different stories. Yeah. Um, and that's not a bad thing. I just wasn't prepared for it. So when I'm yeah. watching it, I'm like, I at first I felt like it was disjointed until I understood what it was doing. And then I realized, oh, okay, so this is more like a Forrest Gump kind of story. Where <laughs> it the story sort of is, is about, yeah. It's, yeah. That's it a is. great way of putting it's, it. It's yeah. the horror version of Forrest Gump. Like yep. it, The story is about his life, not the individual stories. Right. And that in and of itself kind of becomes the overarching story. Well, because you, you think, like, you know, Tom Skerritt shows up. Tom Skerritt's a... a Tom Skerritt's a, amazing. A, a big, well-known actor. Like, you think, Absolutely. okay, okay, so you got Christopher Walken, who's the main... You got Tom Skerritt who shows up, and you're like, "Okay, here's our other main. He's going to be present for the rest of the movie." Which yeah. one? Which one did he play? Uh, Tom, Tom Skerritt was uh, um, Sheriff, Sheriff Bannerman. Sheriff Bannerman. Oh yes, yes. Um, and he, so he shows up, and then his story he wasn't even in the beginning. Though. His story resolves. You know, yeah, like the beginning is one whole half of a story, and then this that story resolves, and then and then uh, Sheriff Bannerman's story takes over. That yeah. one resolves. It's it's really crazy the way because I got to the end of this movie, and you watch it. It's not it's not like it feels like a long movie, but I got to the end of this movie and I I looked back and I go, geez, there was a lot that happened in this. Like mm-hmm. there was it, yeah. It fe- it, like it, when you think about it, it 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 in your brain it feels like a, a long ass movie. But then when you think about the time that's actually passed watching it, you're like, oh, 
It didn't this feel Johnny, like a marathon or anything. This Johnny Smith really lived a life. That's <laughs> that's kind of what you get. At Johnny. The end of <laughs> Johnny, <laughs> he really lived a life. He's he's so hot. He's so and, tired. Oh, whoa. whoa. <laughs> and honestly, like the, the, I I felt like it really like tr- it showed the the fact that like you're watching a large breadth of this guy's life. Yeah. I thought that it that translated really well to the screen because like in the book, uh it it's a very large part of his life. Like honestly, I I wish that this was one of those things that really could have been like a trilogy. Like it would have been a little bit of a boring trilogy, but like if you would have taken the book and like a little bit, if each section was given a little bit more time where it would show like his internal struggle with each section of the things happening in his life, like the struggle of coming to grips with losing the girl, like from being in a coma and like recovering from that and like getting, coming back to life and like coming to grips with that. And then the second part where he's really dealing with the helping the police out and uh, becoming, helping in these investigations and coming in, dealing with what he's seeing and the internal feelings that he has about that. And then finally the internal struggle that he has making the big decision at the end of the movie, like in the book, it's just this long thing where you feel how he agonizes over it. Sure. Sure. I wish that the movie were a little bit longer so that you could really feel that agony that he feels in each of those periods. It's funny because you brought up three different things, but there's even more to that in the movie. Like, Mm -hmm. like for me, it's not even just like a trilogy of stories. I, I might even have started saying that it was a trilogy it's even more than that though because the first the first part of the movie is his normal life and his life and his, his love for his fellow teacher or whatever like they're Sarah. gonna get married you know um and like there's that part of it and then it's the whole story of him getting into the car accident him waking up and now he is the present day version of himself then you have the story about his parents and his mother dies there's mm-hmm. a whole whole yep story about that then you have the story about the castle rock killer <clears throat> Which is like him trying to solve a, a serial murderer killer because he Frank can, because he has this like tele, not telekinesis, but like um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, uh, uh pre, second um, sight. Yes, pre, second, second, second sight. Yeah, like he can see the precognitional. Can, yeah, it's not precog. It's like he can he can touch things and see their 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 past basically. I yeah, guess they do call it second sight, right? Second sight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So then you have that. Then you also have the ice hockey. And then him tutoring the boy section, mm-hmm. which is a whole nother story. And then you have the section about him assassinating the politician. Mm-hmm. There's there's so many different stories that are wrapped up into this. And the weird thing about it is that I don't feel like any of them were necessarily shafted any time. Yeah, they like, didn't feel they like, didn't feel yeah. rushed at all. No, they didn't. Like they I felt like each and every story was given the the perfect amount of time that it needed to tell that story. And it didn't none of the stories overstayed their welcome. They moved on when they should have. And and it was great. And I was never bored by this movie, I think, because like like I watched this and very rarely am I watching movies these days. Cause I watch them late at night, let's be honest. But like there's it's very rarely that I don't finish a movie and just feel like exhausted. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm happy it's over because I'm tired and I want to go to bed. Right. <laughs> like I was like one o'clock in the morning and I finished this movie and I was like, damn, I could start another movie right now. Like I'm mm-hmm. super invigorated. Like I was so into that movie and into the story. Hey, I it actually had really... that same experience. So I started Carrie directly after it. 
No, there you <laughs> go. But like that, that's what I'm saying though. Like this movie didn't <clears> put <throat> me to sleep because it literally was like one after another. Like it was the timing was very good. Like whoever was the editor of this movie, I think like a lot of the praise should go to the editor because it's because of them that the timing worked out beautifully in this movie. I think the pa- I think the pacing is good. Um but I do I do agree with uh who said it felt like an anthology almost? Was um, that you, Mike? Yeah. It's so Careful if you're <laughs> so if you're not if you're not thinking about it in in those terms, it can it can seem a little disjointed, uh-huh. you know, because the the pacing is really good, but it's it's good in a way that it keeps your attention. Whereas sure. it probably yeah. could have it probably could have benefited from being a little bit longer to dive into each of the stories a little bit more. But then it could have been maybe a little boring so yeah well, and, I, I think and overall I, you got exactly what you probably needed out of it you know yeah honestly like the 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 pacing and the amount of time spent on each section was done really well and i think the reason why it felt disjointed is because one of the things that they really cut out of the the movie was like just how much time had passed like I think between like when he woke up from the coma and when he finally uh, like had his big event at the end with Stilson, I think in the book it was like fifteen years had passed. Oh wow, really? So so like he so he spent all this time like help, in the book he spent a ton of time helping out different police agencies just like find killers and he did this with a ton of people and so there's a lot more stories in the yeah book. there's a, there's a lot more stories like everything we saw was like little bits and pieces that we took out there and really the stillson storyline was the overarching story amongst the whole thing so there's well, a story every, of everything him. in the everything in the movie takes place in i mean aside from the five years where he was un, unconscious or in a coma mm-hmm. um everything else for the rest of the movie takes place within less than a year. Yeah. Yeah. So that, I think that's the reason he, why it feels disjointed. Yeah. Because when, when Sarah comes back to, <laughs> when Sarah brings her baby to a sex reunion, I'm going to put it that way because <laughs> I was like, what are you doing lady? <laughs> she shows up with yeah, her kid. That was, oh, that she was shows up with her part. kid at his house. And I go, okay, well, that's nice. She showed up to, showed up to okay. see him. And then, and then where did she put her kid when they went <laughs> Went to have a quick romp under the bed, <laughs> yeah. and and I think Just yeah, and dr- I think actually I need to double check something real quick yeah, because I I felt like this it's it's weird I I called this the Forrest Gump of horror movies but you know what else it is too like if you split this movie into parts right and each story could be its own separate movie yeah there a lot there's there's a lot of parallels actually to the dirty harry series i don't know when you guys have last watched any of the dirty harry movies but each one of them are so vastly different in their themes that like it sort of works in these in the same way <clears throat> to where you have this person with a certain knack right and yeah. in this case it's it's uh, it's him with his second sight and Dirty Harry. It's the great cop, whatever that can do, whatever killing some but, like, bitches. Every movie though has every Dirty Harry movie has a different theme. Uh, far be it to be where like the fifth movie I think it is is that it's literally about like a horror movie guy killing people. Like that's how that's how different that movie in Dirty goes. Harry. Yeah, it's, it's the it Deadpool. Really? The Deadpool. Yeah. Oh Jesus! Um, I didn't yeah, know that. But there's tons of different themes though, and. 
even though these movies, they're not connected in any way, shape, or form, for some reason I think of Dirty Harry a little bit because mm. he's kind of like the, the psychic version of Dirty Harry a little bit. Like, I can see Christopher Walken playing that role in like these gritty cop procedurals, yet he's a psychic. Like, I don't know mm-hmm. why. I can just see it, though. Like, it, it just works for me. Yeah. Uh, in, that, in that way, just, yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> Did you guys ever watch any of the, uh, the TV show? Of the dead no. zone with uh, I remember with the Anthony, commercials for it. Anthony Michael Hall. I there was I, a TV I, show. Yeah, I caught a few. I caught a few episodes here and there, and I knew that it was you know based off of the same novel, or I guess it would have would yeah, it have novel. been yeah based off of the novel, the same novel that the movie was based off of. Yeah, and uh, I thought it was I thought it was pretty good. The the few one off episodes that I saw of it. Had all the same was characters it, and what's was that? it about a guy that was a psychic that helped out the cops basically? Yeah, it was literally the it was literally the same same thing. Johnny Smith, okay. who had an accident, mm-hmm. woke up with this this weird, uh, you know, this weird second sight, and basically used his his gift to help people. Yeah, kind of kind of what I was talking about with the Dirty Harry stuff, just as a TV series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah it definitely I, focused I more on the cop aspect. <laughs> And it, I, I, I kind of avoided it because I'm not gonna lie, it looked real campy, even when, even as young as I was when I saw the commercials. Where I was like, that looks lame. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it that was like the big return of Anthony Michael Hall, wasn't it? Because he was a well, chi- he was a child star, but and was I don't, it? I don't think he did. <laughs> it was a, it was a very popular show. I don't know how many. Let me see if I can find how many seasons it was. Um, it's free on Tubi. Oh, is it? Oh shit, really? Uh, yeah, yeah, it was. It had eighty-one episodes. So how many? It went from two thousand two to two thousand seven. So five seasons, and has a seven point four out of ten on IMDb. So apparently, people thought favorably of it. Um, so we've been talking about this for for a little bit. For those of you who that have not seen the movie and are trying to follow along with us, it's basically the story of Christopher Walken. Uh, he's dating a babe. Whoa! Whoa. She's a babe. She's a babe. Uh, he's he's dating you know. a, a fellow school teacher, babe, and uh, he decides to not come in at the end of the night. Which parable of the story always go in at the end of the night? Yeah. Otherwise, dumb, dumb. bad things happen to you. Like, always you, commit like, adultery. It's this, biblical. No, no, Neither of them were married at that point. In the beginning, neither of them were hey, married. Uh, okay, wait. Yeah, no, yeah, fuck Adult, you. Yeah, wrong. you're right. The, the beginning, they went to, they went and they rode yeah. a roller coaster. He got a headache, you know. Jesus so, and would she, be proud in the beginning of this movie. <laughs> and she, he and would she be. said, "Why don't you come in?" And he said, "No, some things are some, worth waiting for. Some things, they're worth waiting for. Some things worth waiting for, <laughs> like sex." Um, turns, <laughs> so he walks away. Turns the out, moral turns out instead, of, turns out instead of you getting hit with my with my milk truck. I got squashed by one. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying. If more of the story is if somebody invites you into the house, you go because you never know what's going to happen if you leave. You never know that's when the there's going to be a fucking milk truck turned over on the road, sliding toward you at 40 miles per hour. That's, you that's know? exactly it. <laughs> don't don't get crushed I've, by the milk truck. Be I, the milk truck. That's I've, what I've seen it a hundred truck. times. And it always turns out the same. So second so sight, you're either the milk truck or you're squashed by the milk truck. <laughs> so 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 CW turns down 
the uh, turns down the sex, uh, gets hit by a milk truck. He's in a coma for five years. This, uh, whatever happens uh, in his accident, knocks something loose in the old dome, and suddenly he has the gift of second sight. So the whole movie is about him being able to solve problems, you know, basically touching people's hands and seeing things that are happening either in real time or in the future. Um, and that's that's basically the entire movie. It goes mm-hmm. through politics. It goes through personal things. It goes through kids and and whatever family yeah it it, it, there's a ton of stuff the movie's fantastic watch it it's it's great um i will i will say this though why is it that no matter the director no matter the studio every single stephen king adaptation feels the same it's not a bad thing it's a good thing but like you can totally (laughs) tell it's a a good stephen king movie when you're watching it they uh, all feel the same. At, at least Why? the yeah. old ones. Yeah. At least the old ones. Yeah. Because the old ones were faithful. Even even like the new It movies. There's you watch those, those are so definitely Stephen King movies. Like there is a feeling to these adaptations, and I don't know what it is. It's because his every single one of them, like you just know it's because that it's written by one person. It's because so, the king's voice. Is loud and but eternal. It's not even in the voice, though, it's the whole feel of the movie. Like, what is it about these it's, these stories that invoke that feeling in every single movie's direction? So he, I've been actually thinking about this a lot over the past few weeks because, like, I've read probably thirty Stephen King books in oh, just good, the past two you. years, and wow, wow. <laughs> No, let, we're, let we're, all, we're all real I, impressed that you learned how to <laughs> that you learned how to read in Wisconsin. Yeah, I and that's why I listen to audiobooks, James, because <laughs> I learned how to read in Wisconsin. Uh, so I I listen to a bunch of them all at once, and then Audible gets to the point where like I don't get any good recommendations anymore. It's just like, hey, read this other Stephen King book. Read this other one. Because, like, of course I'm going to get to that. Leave me alone. Give me other recommendations. So I go and throw in a bunch of smattering of other things. But Your I'm... recommendation for this week, Stephen's Thing. <laughs> exactly. An audible escape, the romance section. But uh, for blind people. Oh, the horror. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Uh, but... It, there, there's just this certain like emotion. I, I can't even quantify it, but uh, Stephen King's books are just... He's got such a particular voice in his writing that's so unique that no other books quite scratch that itch. And it's so, and that's why like I wish I would have gone through them a lot slower because like I've pretty much gotten through all the notable ones. I'm going through all the lesser known ones right now because that's pretty much all I have left. But I w- there's just the certain voice to it and the certain emotional reaction you get to his stories just because of how he writes. Yeah. And I feel like the more faithful the adaptation then the more you feel that tra- translated up on it's, screen. Well, here, here's the problem, though. A lot of things don't translate well from Stephen King novels into Stephen King movies. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, he, he, like, what he writes is so outlandish sometimes that it only, like, he can make you feel it and believe it in the novel. And you're like, mm-hmm. you're like oh, yeah, that totally makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Yep. And then you see it on screen, and you're like, uh, uh, what? 
pretty like much that, all that of doesn't Carrie. make sense yeah yeah basically <laughs> and i do know i've never read i've never read carrie but i know some of the differences between the novel and the movie and some like i would having never read the novel but knowing what's in it i would i would venture to guess that m- for me personally i like the movie better well before we get to carrie though yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Let's finish up with the dead zone. Yeah. Um, are there any <clears throat> scenes in particular that you want to call out, though, things that you like, dislike, you know, the whole deal? Um, I, I, uh, I, I love, I love the part where he uses a baby as a as a body shield, <laughs> yep. as a human yeah. shield. That was, that was so. So that was in the book. Martin was it really? Sheen, yeah. yeah. So Martin it was, Sheen it was too plays... oddly specific for it to not be in the book. Mm-hmm. So Martin Sheen plays Greg St- uh, Stilson. He's the oh, uh, so senator good. or the, the guy running to be senator. Um, and when uh, when Johnny Smith touches his hand, he realizes that this guy will one day become president, and he's basically going to start World War III. He's going to bomb a country and start this whole. Well, he's got the little suitcase and everything. Like awful, he's he's yeah. he's sending all the nukes. Yeah. So he sees him. So he, uh, the the ending of the movie spoilers. Any of the movie is Christopher Walken. Hey, I'm gonna shoot this guy at his rally. Would in you the kill? Head. Would you kill Hitler? <laughs> <laughs> would you let, let, ask me a question? If if you met baby Hitler, would you <laughs> kill him? Kill him dead. Hey, um, <laughs> that's the question. And. His he asks his doctor that question. His doctor goes, "Yes, you know, as a matter of fact, I feel it would be, you know, I'm in the I'm in the, the the business of helping people, and I feel like that would help people. So yes, I would have no choice but to do it. So he takes that as his like life's mission to I I need to kill this guy because I know for a fact that when he becomes president, he's going to kill people, and so he basically camps out in the uh, the building where he's gonna have his rally." And he loads a gun. Why wouldn't you load the gun the night before and not risk bullets falling onto the ground? Who knows, man? Wondering why that was a thing. <laughs> but try because, to kill because him. then you couldn't have the scene where a bullet drops out exactly. of the balcony. <laughs> exactly. So he goes to take the shot. He misses, and fucking Greg Stilson grabs his the love the love of of johnny smith's life's baby this part's not in the book it's not in the book okay no so he grabs the baby though and uses the baby as a human shield thus <laughs> cementing his future as having nothing because he's a gigantic Coward. fucking shit bag. yeah yeah um mm-hmm. which that was a crazy scene i did not expect him to grab the baby like, that was like that came out of nowhere i was like <laughs> i expected him to grab the girl to grab uh uh what's her name uh, uh sarah i i expected that not the baby though. That, see the, that came out of see the girl. For the me. girl would offer more coverage, but the baby is more easily maneuverable. <laughs> so, you, <laughs> so you, you know, like you can make quick jerky movements with it if you need to. A baby's more effective in like as <laughs> a, a personal shield. It, most people will be like, "Well, I'm not going to shoot the freaking baby." <laughs> most people. This is this is a horrible what we, conversation. What are we learning about you right now, James? <laughs> about me? Yes. I'm just using logic here, man. <laughs> this is just okay. uh, you want to you want to jump into Greg Stilson's head. I'm letting you know what he was thinking. I see. He, he, <laughs> he grabbed see, the first thing that he saw is what I thought. He's. Um, I will also say this. 
as much as I really liked the character of Sarah, like I really did, I thought she was a sweetheart, right? Mm-hmm. In the beginning, she wants she she clearly loved this guy. Mm-hmm. Why why she would agree to marry him before he would agree to even come into her house, let alone have sex with her, is beyond me. Listen, maybe I'm part of the 2020 century. Who knows? But but I I love the fact that she was a sweetheart you know what i'm saying like she mm-hmm. she was a, a a very good person he gets into his accident he's in a coma for five years she remarries she has a kid the whole deal she then comes back to his house on a whim of her own he didn't seek her out she came back quite on her own and then bangs him while married with her fucking kid in the other room yeah like come on yeah there's I want to like these characters, but there is something inherently bad about that entire situation yeah. <laughs> that makes me kind of hate everybody involved. Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe I'm just a good Christian boy minus the Christ. <laughs> Who knows? But You're more Christian than some Christians, I but, <laughs> That's ironic. Oh, I didn't but, say that. But, like, the thing is, though, it's like, how are these supposed to be good people? Like... That's not a good thing to do. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah, it's not a it's not a good thing to do. But it's, I mean, and the dad comes in, and he knows what's going on, and he's like, you know what? I support this. That's a is that good part in the family around? Is that the part table. in the book, Jansen? Uh, yeah, they definitely had sex at one point. Yeah, I don't so, know. If, I don't know if they were married. Yeah, they were definitely married because I remember thinking in the book, like it was this big sentimental thing. I'm like. Yeah, I don't know about this, but that's but, a, but but that's a that's a bit of that's a bit of that's a bit of realism that Stephen King brings to the table that most mm-hmm. people, because of yep. the uh, because of the the moral implications or immoral implications rather of what's going on, most people would leave it out, you know, because they're like, oh, I don't mm-hmm. want people to think that my characters are icky. But Stephen King just goes for it you know what i mean oh, he doesn't care yeah. And, yeah. So, and it's and it's realistic i mean like if you had two people who were desperately in love with each other and planned on getting married and then one of them ran into a milk truck and was in a coma for five years <laughs> it stands to reason that the other like the last conversation that they had was some things are worth waiting for so she shows up on his doorstep and says you know the way it, we've waited long enough the only issue that i take here because you know what people do this kind of stuff the only issue that i take here is she brought her kid with her yeah that was weird which is so fucked up because she brought her kid though i have expected her to be like we've waited long enough i've left my husband like i expected that to come next yeah like she had separated from her husband because she knew she wanted to be with johnny i that's what i have expected and it just didn't it wasn't the case. It's like, yeah. And then she, and then she sees him later on when they're going. Her and her husband are going door to door, and they happen to be in the same neighborhood as Johnny's new house. And like, her husband goes to the door, and she sees him, and it's like not even weird. It's like, oh hey, remember when we fucked and I was still married? Remember like, that? That was just. Uh, hey, this is my husband. Yeah, He's the one like I was a, cheating on like a few days so ago. Weird. Wow, small world, guys. <laughs> It's so weird. I How crazy is this? I still like her as a character, though. I still think she's a lovely person. Like I like yeah. her as a character. I just hated that aspect of her character. You know, yeah, man. of his Pe- character pe- too. People Him too. Do. He shouldn't have done that, knowing she was married. In all fairness, people do shitty things sometimes, and that's why I said it's kind of just the part of part of the realism that Stephen King brings to the table that you don't get with other people. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Always. Um, all right. Anything mm-hmm. else to add to this one before we move on? Because we have to uh, get to uh, uh, movie two here. No, I thought I, it was. I liked it. Um. Uh, it, it 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 like it felt it felt crazy at times. Like I it it felt like I said it did get a little disjointed, but overall I I thought it was really good. I agree. I thought it was really good too. I thought it was a really great adaptation that was where the only limitation was the fact that it was a movie and not a mini series. Yeah. So Yeah, I, I definitely feel like it could have benefited from having the stories more spread out. Like yeah. I feel like this could be a movie that could very easily turn into a miniseries. Like I said. Yeah. Or um, like, or a TV show that ran for five not seasons. Not even. See, I wouldn't <laughs> say a TV show. I think that I think that each episode, each story from this movie was a was a movie in and of itself. Yeah. Like that's yeah. that's kind of why I drew the parallels to the Dirty Harry movies. Like, well, you could have had in each story where this guy who has second sight and in a completely different situation, right? Maybe not every story because the uh, the part where he convinced uh, where he convinced the dad not to have his son's hockey team practice on the pond that would have made for a pretty boring episode okay that could have been a short story on the internet <laughs> how about that there's yeah. a lot more going on at that point than the what the movie um, showed then so again that just could have been the thriller version of the mighty ducks for all you know. oh <laughs> i mean martin sheen oh, was in martin this sheen emilio estevez emilio wow <laughs> wow like does that mean perhaps, wait hold on mighty ducks is part of the stephen king extended universe oh is that what this is oh, yes oh my just god just another level of the tower wow all right now moving back to 1976 into the age of love <laughs> we have a movie called carrie i think the age of love was in the 60s bro Oh, was it? Fuck yes. it. I wasn't. <laughs> Whatever. Um, Carrie, directed by uh, the legendary Brian De Palma, uh, Phantom of the Paradise, Dressed to Kill, Scarface. That movie sucks. The Untouchable, <laughs> Carlito's Way. Fucking, did you know that Brian De Palma directed Mission Impossible? Uh, I don't think I ever realized that. At some that. point in time, I might have known that. But yeah, you, I had hey, no- hey, you could have stopped at Phantom of the Paradise, and I would have been fine, yeah, dude. <laughs> it, it's probably the best of this list. Oh, but um, Mission Impossible, Snake Eyes, I love Snake Eyes with Nicolas Cage, uh, the Black Dahlia, which is a fantastic, like like murder drama. I've never, I've never seen so that. Good. Here's a so here's good. a quick fun I story. I was in, I was in the movie theater watching Snake mm-hmm. Eyes. Cool with- story. All right, so uh, the synopsis <laughs> here. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't help myself. (laughs) And now he's just drinking. Okay, synopsis here. Uh, Carrie White, a shy, friendless teenage girl who is sheltered by her domineering religious mother, unleashes her telekinetic powers after being humiliated by her classmates at her senior prom. Yes. I um, had never seen this movie. We've already established that. We, We talked about this earlier. Um, I am so incredibly happy that I finally have though. Okay, um, good. This is, I was, I was actually like, I was, I literally just braced myself for ha- <laughs> for having to this yell. This movie at- sucks. I, I thought I was going to have to yell at you. <laughs> I was like, I wouldn't, I I wouldn't like, blame you if you felt like, like you had to. Here it comes, dude. I'm going to have to fucking yell at him. And I, and I, and I'm not even sitting across from you because if you would have said that this movie sucked, I would have slapped you. 
no, in the not at in all. the this, base. This, so I I went into this movie fully anticipating <laughs> just to think it was just like terrible and boring and cliche because we talked a little bit before the show and Stephen King like was like broke ground on so many different ideas that then became like popular culture sort of like stories yeah that a lot of his stories like carrie which were new back in the day have now become cliche like the bully kid get, gets power beats up the like kills the bad kids and whatnot right like now it's like okay whatever she she can move things with her mind big deal but like to go back and watch this i was like okay it's probably going to be vanilla that well, did you know so that good. Carrie was the very first film adaptation of any of King's books? Yes, because so it, it was two years after it was written. Yeah, and I say it was it was his his first book and the first movie to be made out yeah. of one of his books. Yeah, because I think the only yeah the only book the other book besides Carrie that was written uh, before this came out was Salem's Lot. Did it? Did that, yep. that come out before in? 1975. <clears throat> Are you sure? Everything else came out in 77 or after. Oh, okay. I thought this movie came out before then, but regardless of which... Um, wait, yeah, this came 70... out in 76. Yeah. Wait, Weird. hold on. Maybe, yeah, maybe I was going to say there's it. a... Maybe they filmed it first. Is that possible? Because what I was reading was this was the first movie that was actually... Uh, or the first movie based off of one of his books. No, 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 no. Salem's Lot came later. It's just that... Uh, that's not really saying a whole lot because it came out so close to it. There was only one other book to choose from at the time. Oh, that's more I what I'm okay. saying. Oh, okay. yeah. Salem, yeah. Salem's Lot came later. Oh, Sorry. okay. I get what you're saying. I completely understand that misunderstanding. The first one. I, um, I here's the thing. Like, I had a very hard time watching part of this movie, and I think that was by design. A lot of it. Yeah. Um, a lot of it though, not. Also, I will say this: uh, I, Brian De Palma is legendary. Like he's a legendary director. I'm legendary. Never going to say, never going to say that he's bad in any way, shape, or form. I will say this though: I think that the um, the way that the seventies or sixties, seventies, yeah, the seventies, the way that the seventies culture was when it was uh, concerning. Underage girls. Uh, I don't know how to say this other than to say the fact that the beginning of this movie very clearly took place in a high school, which took place with underage girls, and Brian De Palma very clearly exploited nudity to the extreme when all of these girls were supposed to be adolescents. Mm. And it weirds me out completely when I was watching this. Like, I could not separate what I was watching from my feelings towards it at all, especially... When I think though that's I think that's kind of it's it's part of the point though like what you see in the beginning of this movie even though all of the actresses were in their you know mid twenties well, but that's um, irrelevant yeah it's irrelevant what you're seeing is supposed to be school age girls yeah yeah but and they focused on the nudity so prominently that it was uncomfortable to watch. So and it I, really I, was. I think that I think that it's I think that a part of it and I, I agree with you, like it is it's kind of skeevy to watch, but I think a part not, of it not even kind of. It's really skeevy to watch. <laughs> I, I yeah, I'll admit I, I, I look at ages. This, but well I, I think that a, I think that a part of it is you're just supposed to get what the fuck just happened? Hold on. Um uh, that it it's it, the the whole beginning of the movie is all about uh, Carrie and her 
getting to a, a, a point in her adolescent development that she doesn't even know is about to happen to her. So like you I'm have, not so you have talking all, about Carrie though. No, listen, listen, let me, let me get to it, Michael. <laughs> so you have all of these, these girls who are already comfortable within their own bodies. They're already comfortable with what's happening to them, what's changing in them as, as young females. And then by comparison, you have Carrie who, even though the scene where she's in the shower is is sexualized, it's hypersexual. It's hypersexualized, hyper but then it's but then it's juxta, juxta, juxtaposed with this the scene where she starts having her first period, and then everything breaks down to show you that she is stuck in in a in a state of complete unknowing because her mom has sort of held her back I, from realizing what is going to happen to her I, as a woman. I understand all of that. My point is, though, is that all <clears throat> the stuff with the other girls and the whole rest of the locker room have nothing to do with Carrie's story. I think it's, and, I think it's showing enti- how comfortable and how much they know. They already... It's Like I said, it's supposed to be a harsh juxtaposition between them being... Uh, already knowledgeable I mean, about what they are and think, and, and what's no, happening to them, juxtaposed with I, Carrie I think, and her complete naive 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 naivety 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 about what is happening to her. I get what you're saying. I think you're just completely wrong. I I, I think that for the '70s, that's how they looked at it. Yes, but it has not aged well. Yeah, like, so it, it, it's not. It's the idea of showing girls that are very specifically supposed to be under the age of 18 frolicking in all and basking in their nudity which fine i understand you've, what you're saying you've obviously it's never not, seen porkies <laughs> it's but, but, but that's what i'm saying this is not the first movie to do it it was yeah. not the last movie to do it i no. think that all of the movies from that t- that era of time though it it's weird to look back at it in in the way that we view the world now because it's not acceptable. Like that's yeah. very, very weird. You are not supposed to take underage girls and hypersexualize them in any way, shape, or form. Like it's just not a thing that is normal in cinema these days. So that when you see it from a bygone era, it strikes a weird chord and it's very, very uncomfortable. Like none of the nudity needed to be there to put forth the point that they were trying to make. Carrie, for example, she goes from being out on the uh, out on the volleyball court, and she's being bullied on the volleyball court to going into the showers, where suddenly she's this hypersexualized being, where she's practically masturbating in the showers after just getting bullied. Mm-hmm. Like, like she's masturbating, basically. She's not mas- oh, what are you talking she's, about? She's not masturbating. She's no, she's not masturbating. The way it was, they it was shot, shot it, in a it was shot in a sensual way, yeah, no, like a sexualized sensual. way. No, it wasn't sensual; it was sexual. in the book. There was some 100%. accidental masturbation. There you go, hundred percent though. Like Carrie in the shower was supposed to be hypersexualized, and that is bookended between two scenes of of bullying, and it's very strange because it doesn't need to be there at all. Like. Like she can have her first period in the shower and all that without any of the sexual stuff going on. It's very strange to me that they added that into the movie because it doesn't serve a purpose other than the fact that they wanted sexuality, which then coupled with the fact that all of them are underage, it makes the whole thing extremely weird to watch. Yeah, like honestly, in a book, it just does. Like, I'm sorry. 
Like in a book, it's it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, it's still weird, but you can kind of move past it because it's not a visual experience. But like as a movie, I feel like there could have been they could have gone in a different direction. Like honestly, I think it's definitely a cultural thing. I don't think that there is any sort of nuanced storytelling trying to happy in I here agree. Because, because I agree. Let me let me read you the lyrics of a song called Jailbait by Ted Nugent that came out five years li- later. Well, we're talking about Ted, Ted Nugent here. Is this really but a still, good- Basis. <laughs> but, but he was 33 year old, 33 years old at the time, and people loved this song. Well, I don't care if you're just 13. You look good too, too good to be true. I just know that you're probably clean. There's one little thing <laughs> I got to do to you. And then later it says, all I know is I've got to have you in a matter of time. Yikes. And that is a politician nowadays, my friends. The Motor City <laughs> madman yeah. turned Motor City sexual offender in two seconds. Why does Detroit Jesus. love bad musicians like Ted Nugent and <laughs> Kid, Kid Rock? Rock. <laughs> <laughs> well, to, to be fair, Ted Nugent is actually a good musician. Oh, he's a good musician, but he's a shitty person. <laughs> oh, horrible, honest. horrible human being. Um, he's creepy Uncle Ted at this point. Yeah, um point is that was my that was my feeling on the beginning of this movie like it was just tough to get past i loved the rest of the movie i really really did as as this was not a fun movie to watch like there are people that say oh my god i love this movie this is my favorite movie ever maybe it's because this was my first time seeing it right um that being said this is not a movie that i'm going to willingly watch over and over Mm. this movie was very depressing to me it was very sad to me Mm -hmm. um I, I, I don't say this in any way in, in, in trying to be weird and adapt. Um, I, I consider myself a bit of an empath, a little bit. I know that sounds weird, witchy, whatever. It's not the point that I'm trying to get across. That being said, that's just when you're watching, just saying that you feel empathy. Why is that witchy? When I'm watching this movie, though, <laughs> like the scenes of the bullying, though, well, shut up. The scenes of the bullying, though, and the scenes of the overarching ideas of the story. Like really, like affected me when I was watching this movie. Yeah, I yeah. really felt for the characters because, Absolutely. which which is also a sign of a good movie. But it's also mm-hmm. like I didn't have a good time watching it. Like this yeah. is not the kind of movie that I'm going to go back to and revisit all the time because I don't want to. Like I don't want to. Re- like I'll watch fucking Cannibal Holocaust over and over because it's not. It's not like uh, it's not presented in a way that gets me in that mode, I guess. Like I watch a movie like Carrie that's so realistic mm-hmm. and I know people I, I shit, I was bullied a little bit when I was in fucking high school. Oh, like, I yeah. know that feeling. Like I know how that is. And she got it a thousand times worse than I ever did. And mm-hmm. it's like like I said, like feeling that way and being empathetic towards that type of person, this was a very difficult movie for me to watch, especially for the first time and understanding things in a much more mature sense. Not that I'm considering myself mature. (laughs) Mature. But like my point is though, I do understand that in, in my point in life now, probably more than I would have gotten it if I had watched this movie when I was 16. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm yeah. getting more things out of it. And this is, it, it, I'm not going to lie to you. This was a difficult movie to watch. Like it was, it was tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I really, really felt things <laughs> in this movie. Yeah. I've, I've seen this movie uh, a bunch of times. I don't know how many times I've seen it, but I started watching it when I was really young. 
Uh, I mean, not really young. Maybe the first time I saw it was when I was... When did you finish it? When did I finish it? Well, you said you started watching it when you were young. <laughs> um, I The first time I saw it was probably when I was, I don't know, 13 or 14. And kind of like you just said, I didn't really... I didn't really see it the way I see it now, you know. Yeah. Uh, it was it was before because I I got bullied a little bit in high school, um, and now I'm and now I'm I hate bullying, you know, with a passion, and sure. I and I and I fear for my kids. Like we discussed this on an episode a few weeks back. Like the idea of bullying scares the shit out of me. I I don't sure. want my kids to ever have to go through that. And so, re like rewatching this, I've seen this movie. I mean, Aaron and I watched it on TV probably, I don't know, three months ago or something like that. But I've seen it a bunch of times. But actually sitting and watching it, the whole thing, not edited for TV, for the first time in a little while uh, last night, it really, man, it hits you hard, and it, it does. hits and it mm-hmm. hits you differently as a as an adult. Like I, it's, sure. It's one of the saddest movies. I wouldn't even say depressing so much. It's just sad. Mm-hmm. Like it's because because de- it, depressing. I, I know that they're I know they're kind of the same, but to me, like depressing and sad are two different things. Like Requiem for a Dream is depressing. Oh, this movie yeah. is sad. Are you kidding me? Have you seen the yeah. end of that movie? It's hot. <laughs> that's, no, no, no. It's about it's about at like the seventy two minute mark, and after that, it really goes downhill. Um, no, well, but but this movie is it's just sad, and it makes you feel it makes you feel sadness and sorrow, and it's it's really it's really a bummer. Um, yeah, yeah, and I, and it, I think it deals the, with such heavy stuff. And I think one of the things that really encourages that sort of feeling as you watch it is when you realize that up until the point where uh, uh, Sue starts to like investigate what the heck this rope contraption is like so carrie's up on stage she was giving the roses she was smiling happy like that is one effing uplifting movie about a girl coming out of her shell oh sure and like just in like like this night could have been the catalyst to completely change her life and like just the movie that could have come out of that story mm-hmm. could have been so powerful and encouraging and uplifting for two girls and then the pig's blood drops yeah. i think even more than that honestly golly i actually more identified with the character of tommy like you have here's a guy right here's a guy that didn't want to go to prom with her to begin with he's mm-hmm. dating this other girl she actually is okay so let's let, let, real quick if you've not seen carrie if you were like me two weeks ago and you had not seen <laughs> carrie it's the story of a girl who is uh she she's grown up in a completely religious house her mother is a religious nut job she can't do anything she's not like like socially uh inept if you will no she with, is she's not socially adept adept whatever um yeah, she she's just not. She doesn't understand what's going on. How she didn't even know what her period was until she was in high school. You know, like, like, and the re- even, and the reason she didn't is because her mom to her, her yeah. mom wouldn't even explain it to her because it it all had to do religious, with sin yeah. and yeah, yeah. So it's the story of her though, and coming out of her shell. You have a group of people that that bully her in the showers that like we were talking about in the beginning of the movie. It's a horrific scene, honestly, of them bullying her in the shower, um, and. One of the girls, 
uh, who is what's her name? Well, one of the girls, Sue. Sue, yeah. So Sue is dating a guy named Tommy, and she can and she feels she legitimately feels I think a little bit horrible about what had happened afterwards. Definitely. And the prom is coming up, and she convinces her boyfriend Tommy, or the guy, at least the guy that she is seeing, the guy that she, the guy she was supposed to go to prom with. Yeah, the guy that she's supposed to go to prom with convinces him like you should take Carrie to the prom because I feel bad for her. She should do this ball. Like I actually felt like her character, like she had a turning point in the very beginning of the movie. It took Tommy a little bit longer to get there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um but the two of them are really in my opinion the two heroes of the movie. Yeah. Um I was waiting for them to turn. I really was. Like I was waiting for them like oh this is all set up. They're yep, going to be yeah. And me they too. Were, they Well, were and you could even see yeah. at first like he was just sort of going along with it to yeah. appease Sue. And yeah. then there and then there was a turning point at the prom where like he realized, "Oh my god, like at, she, at Carrie's the, actually a pretty lovely person and she, at the you know." Prom, I'm pretty sure he made it made the decision in his head that he dumped Sue and was wanted to start dating Carrie. I think yeah, so which, too. He by really the, he really turned tail. Which yeah. by the way, those kisses were not in the book. So when that happened on the screen, I was like, "Whoa." Yeah, like <laughs> the, the character of this Tommy is did a complete 180 and he realized that there here's this mm-hmm. girl, she's quiet and she's maybe a little bit weird, but like this girl is is awesome and she has like her like she's a really good person on this net and you have this guy tommy who's the popular dude whatever right and he like notices that there's a really endearing story between the two of them just in the whole prom scene like and i really really like like gravitated towards that because it's like like holy shit you know like this is Mm -hmm. this is a really cool story hey i'm a big fucking horror guy i can appreciate some some good romance right um (laughs) that's what it was though it was a good romance story between the two of them yeah you know this is like this is like um uh never been kissed just the horror movie version i want to go ahead go ahead jansen no i was just gonna say the first two thirds of the movie was just a suit like this really encouraging super sentimental movie yeah it really was you know there were there were these hidden there are these hidden themes of uh like i don't know exactly how to say it like not not necessarily too like people being two-faced but like people uh showing false empathy for carrie yeah. like like the 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 gym teacher uh what was her name um oh you're talking about harkinson uh, was it miss hart Miss Collins. Miss Collins right. is. Oh, was D- she? Was she? Yeah, Miss Collins. Was, yeah, that she was the gym teacher. Um, so she. Well, she was. Like, she was like the teacher throughout the entire movie that was kind of had Carrie's back, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it it looks like that, but because she she finds all the girls, you know, throwing towels at Carrie in the in the in the uh, in the shower, and then she's ex- she's the one who explains to her why she's bleeding. Yeah. And, you know, she's had her period and mm-hmm. stuff. And she's really nice to Carrie's face, but then every time she's away from Carrie and she's talking to somebody else about Carrie, it's it's always like it's always like this, uh, like the sympathy that she's showing Carrie to her face is is sort of a put on, you know what I mean? Uh, so I didn't get that at all. So so really, because all. because yeah. because every time so uh, when she's first talking to the principal. Uh, I think she's. she's I think she she's seems when she's first talking to the principal, she seems pretty genuine. But when she hears that Tommy Ross has invited her to the prom, she takes Tommy and Sue into the into the um into the, into the office, office and yeah. and she 
she starts, this is directly after she found Carrie and she said, she t- has her look in the mirror and she goes, look at you, you're a beautiful girl. What do you see when you look in the mirror and blah, blah, blah. But then she takes them into the office and she says, she says, uh, Aren't you, gonna, aren't you gonna? Aren't you gonna look kind of? Aren't you gonna look kind of silly showing up to the prom with Carrie no, on your arm? No, see, I no, I didn't take that. Any okay, hold on. I know what you're what about you to saying. say. I yeah. know what you're about to say. Did I think she, you're interpreting it wrong. Well, no, hold I on. Really I'm, do. I'm, I'm, did she say that? Did she say that to try and out him? Like to get him to out himself? Yes. Like one hundred percent. Aren't you gonna like, look? But there was some. I there was a, there was one other part because I I thought that same thing after I was thinking about that part. I was like, oh, maybe she said that to try and out him. But she understood that the two of them were in two different classes, if you will, like like not mm-hmm. not not grade classes, but like you know social classes. Like she understood that she was trying to get him to admit that she was doing it for nefarious reasons. What it was, mm-hmm. she wasn't saying that to to dog on Carrie at all. No, I know. She was I, just trying to get him to admit that he didn't really like her for the reasons that he was coming across as. So that's was, all that was. No, so I, I get that, and I thought about that same thing. Like I thought that she was just trying to out him. There was one other scene, and now I can't f- think of it. And I'm I wish I would have written it down. It was probably it was probably the uh, there's like three parts. It was that part. It was part when she's sitting in the office when she talked about wanting to slap Carrie uh, when she was in the shower as well. And then it was uh, when she started laughing after the pig's blood thing too. Which but that honestly, was, that wasn't actually. I don't think she was actually laughing. I have insight to that scene, by the I, way. I so, think... in in the book, uh, the character, which she's been renamed because her name was Des Jarden, and it's like very strange pronunciation and all that. So, Miss Collins, uh, Miss Collins's counterpart counterpart in the book definitely like struggled with Carrie because she saw Carrie as somebody who desperately needed some social guidance, but also like was a little compassionate for why people found her so strange. And she just struggled with that relationship where she's like, I I need to like take Carrie under my wing and teach her to like present herself in a way where she's not going to end up in these situations as often, which like, as somebody who works in ministry, who works with volunteer uh, teams, like uh, at Kensington, I had a team of 60 people at Why my Why don't cur- you brag about it? Like, <laughs> working with all sorts of people in a tech ministry, which I'm sure you guys can know the type of people that tech ministry brings. It's like the shyer people, the kind of sometimes more socially awkward. We have a name for people like that. It's called Extra Grace Required. Where you need to give them a little bit of extra grace. So, and I'm so when I see her in this situation where she's like, she struggles internally with how she reacts, like in the moment, but then it's like, no, no, I need to teach her. Like, she's annoying, but I I need to teach her. I understand that. I understand that feeling and that tension, internal tension super well, because I'm not going to lie. I've felt that so often throughout my short career. I don't think there's anything wrong with recognizing that there are are certain people that need, you know, extra attention. That's not... Mm -hmm. I don't think that by her calling attention to that, though, is her being, you know, uh, nefarious to her. No, no, I I completely agree. No, that, I don't think that's it. I think that I think that you can you can be sympathetic to a person but still recognize their faults 
and not be a bad person. I think that's all she was doing. Yeah, Especially and, when she was talking to the principal and it's that's that. That's exactly like, what I'm saying. Yeah, like she was she was like like listen, this girl <laughs> is this 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 and this, but I still want to help her and I still I feel mm-hmm. for her, but it doesn't change the fact that she's she's annoying ABC as crap. Like yeah, she's annoying. Like like it it, it sucks to help. It, it it sucks, but I understand the kind of person that she is and I want to help her. I think that she deserves to be helped. Mm-hmm. You know, that that goes a long way. I I and I think that's we were talking about the characters of, of Tommy and uh, what Sue, um, mm-hmm. the, the the character they they my big thing with them is at the very end. I was waiting for when the blood dropped on it because you can't even if you've never seen Carrie, you know the ending of the movie because mm-hmm. it's just it's it's, it's pop that's culture. more pop culture than Elvis dying on a toilet. Let's be honest; <laughs> like everybody knows the ending to Carrie, even if you've never seen that movie. Yeah. Um, so I was waiting for it, and and honestly, I actually kind of called a couple of things differently. Like, I I, I thought for sure that Tommy and Sue were going to be part of the bullshit kids at the end. Like, I thought they were going to be in on it. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't expect them to not be. So that was a nice surprise. Yeah. And the fact that Tommy gets hit by the bucket and gets knocked out, like clearly he's not in on it. Like in the in the <laughs> like, book, yeah, yeah. he dies. He like, dies. Yeah, in the book, there's two buckets, and How one of them heavy hit. Was that bucket like? <laughs> Like it was completely full of pig's blood, it, and it hits him like in the corner, and he just straight up dies. <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> like the the one in the book is still full when it hits him. I mean, yeah, it's fucking yeah. metal. Just straight up in all kills fairness. him. He's dead <laughs> before uh, Carrie starts killing people. By the way, on a lighter note, did uh, did Larry the Cable Guy get his his whole get her done thing from Carrie? I, what are you talking about? The, the part where they what? go, the part where they go to kill the pig, and John Travolta says, "Come on, man, get in there, get her done, get her done." <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna say that's a reach, but maybe. What? <laughs> Why? He says it exactly. Okay. Okay. He says it exactly like Larry the Cable Guy. You, you bring up a solid point. I had no fucking idea that John Travolta was in this movie. <laughs> oh, really? As Isn't somebody it? who had never seen Carrie before. When he showed up, I was like, the fuck are you doing here, Come on, John babe, Travolta? I told you not to call me that. <laughs> yeah, jeez. <laughs> Come on, babe. Like, what the fuck? And he was an asshole. Jesus oh, Christ. Yeah, he oh, was my a God. Like, what a dick. Uh, um, yeah, no wonder you're a fucking Scientologist. <laughs> um, also, I had no idea that PJ Souls was in this movie. No idea at all. That, that's crazy to me. I hate uh, PJ, PJ Souls, Souls was in this movie. before she was in Halloween. Quite, fr- yeah, uh, uh, you know, it's a, everyone knows her from Halloween, but not from. I, I, I'm okay. I, I take that back. Everybody yeah. but me knows her from <laughs> Halloween, and not from <laughs> Carrie. I just had no idea that she was in both. Um, fun fact: a lot of the actresses, uh, uh, actors and actresses uh, from this movie were cast because Brian De Palma and George Lucas were doing a a, a tandem. Uh, audition basically mm-hmm. for Star Wars and mm. Carrie. So a lot of the people that ended up in Carrie were people that came to try out for Star Wars. <laughs> and and Brian De Palma was like, okay, you don't want them. I see this and them. I'm willing to take them. <laughs> That's pretty and wild. It's it's really really crazy actually. Like, I'm pretty sure PJ Souls. Okay. I'm picturing her as like a Princess Leia, and I could totally see it. Yeah. Like. I don't think that she would have been near as good. Wait, I'm just who? saying I can uh, see it. PJ PJ Soul? Yeah, absolutely. She was the girl wearing the hat. No, no, no. I know who she was. I just oh. I don't think I I don't think I, I could look her up. Uh, <laughs> I don't think change I could. her look up with a completely different acting style. I can totally see it. 
Uh, you know, like I think that you you only recognize her based on what she's done. But if she was under the direction of George Lucas and said, "Play this completely different character," I can totally see it. You know, yeah, I, suppo- I suppose so. Yeah, but uh, but that's kind of crazy though that these two movies were casting at the exact same time. One went mm-hmm. on to be a complete phenomenon. Mm-hmm. The other one. A mostly complete phenomenon. Yeah, they're both kind of crazy. Like Steven, it's, uh, weird to me. Steven Spielberg was sniffing around for some reason too. Why would he have been on on set? Because he actually, this is where. So the girl who plays uh, Sue Snell, yeah, Amy Irving, she met uh, Steven Spiel, Spielberg while she was on the set of Carrie. Well, they he, were all part he, of the same. He they asked, were all part of the same like graduating class, though, from fucking what was it NYU or something like that. Like they, they were all sort of the same. They ran in the same circles. Well, they so met. That, that, they met on the set of this, and he asked her out. They ended up getting married. Oh, she really? Was, yeah, she was Steven Spielberg's wife from like nineteen eighty five to eighty nine or something like that. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, look weird. at that. I didn't know that. Um, so here's I have I have a couple questions about this movie. Why okay, at the end of the movie you have uh who's the surviving girl? It's um it's Sue, right? It Sue is survives. Sue Snell, yeah. yeah. So Sue survives at the end of the movie. So Carrie burns down the gym. She literally kills everybody, even the good guys. She kills <laughs> yeah. everybody. Yeah, which was crazy. The teacher that liked her, Tommy that liked her, she killed everyone, which was crazy. Because when the uh the, the blood dropped on Carrie's head you know the 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 they did this really cool thing with the uh the film where it was like the center center thing and it was all kind of like hyper stylized around her mm-hmm. it was like it was basically Carrie losing her mind it was her looking out at the audience yeah. and like seeing crazy shit one of the things that she saw was that teacher that we all thought loved her and she was laughing at her when the blood dropped right mm-hmm. so in the in the special features on uh on the DVD that I have you had the makers of the movie talking about that exact scene, and they they flat out say that's not real. That was all in Carrie's head. Like, yeah, that's like, that's like kind of what I not like. The teacher was not laughing at her. She just assumed the teacher would be laughing at her because of all the shit that the, her mother filled into her head. Because yeah. all that started coming back to her the second the blood hit her head. Yeah. So there's a lot of confusion about that part, though. Is did the teacher laugh at her? Was she not? Like it wasn't supposed to be. Like. And, uh, uh, and, and honestly, I can understand why they would do that because this is probably one of the biggest changes throughout the book. Because on, this is one of the best, like, and most faithful adaptations that I have seen so far of a Stephen King book. Uh, like in in the book, like the teacher laughs, the crowd laughs, but the laughter that happens was a very like uh, empathetic, like this is a stupid thing that just happened. Like, it's silly. Let's clean you up, though. They weren't like, laughing at her. They were yeah, trying they to laugh la- with her, but she it, was... It was like, it was, like it, it was an awkward laughter where it's like, this happened. Let's clean you like up. It, like, like, let's if, make sure that you c- continue she, to enjoy your night. Like, if it would have happened... She did not. Not in the Like, book. if it, if yeah. it would have happened to any of the other girls who were popular and they, they you know, hadn't gone yeah. through what Carrie had gone through, they would have looked at it like, oh, my God, this is such a weird thing. that like Exactly. They, that is they might have exactly been devastated, the but they, they would have been able to laugh it off. Yeah. Yes, whereas, and that's exactly the way was, it was in the book. But that yeah. would have been so hard to portray over film. Sure. So, like, I, th- this is one of those er- times where I was like, oh, it's showing her kind of going crazy and, like, seeing people laughing that weren't. 
honestly, I think that was a necessary change from the book to the film because just showing like the like, oh, this is what a crazy thing that happened. Let's clean you up. Like yeah. that would be so hard to show on film, especially during like seventies. Right. Yeah. I. Yeah. It was. Um. That whole scene was was distressing. Like the whole thing was mm. like, the second the blood hit her head. You see. You see. You understand what she's feeling, and then all of the different things too. Where it's like. You think that Sue is like the, the the teacher thinks that Sue is bad, even though Sue is not, and she's actually mm-hmm. worried about it. Where and then Carrie thinks that the teacher is bad, even though the teacher's not bad. Like there's so many mixed <clears throat> directions, and it's like you see this, and it's, you you can't help but feel bad for her mm-hmm. at the end of this movie because there's so many like misinterpreted things. And when you trace when you trace back when you trace it back to its origin, you trace it back to Chris. And uh, who was who was John Travolta? Uh, Billy. Yeah. You chase yeah. it back to Chris, who was her like the main antagonist, the main bully girl who. Oh just yeah, she hated sucked. Carrie with Fuck all of her being. Yeah. And and it turned out like everybody at the prom was actually being really nice to Carrie. Yeah. And and they yep. kind of they kind of accepted her because, you know, it kind of sucked that it took a, a popular boy bringing her to the prom for her to be accepted. But if that's what it took, then that's what it took. And everybody yeah, was being the, really cool to her. And, and then, the girl and, then and PJ Souls, her character, uh, Norma, she wasn't necessarily originally planning on doing anything shitty to her. But she but was then, gonna go with but then she's that... but then she started talking to Chris, and because yep. she was Chris's best friend, she decided to get in on that whole yeah. thing. Chris and is... so if it weren't for Chris, like you said earlier, Jansen, this might have ended up being a story of a girl who was relentlessly bullied in high school and then came up to be prom queen at the end mm-hmm. and and just be accepted Catalyst. as accepted as part of the as part of the crowd and you know like everybody everybody lived happily ever after. Yeah, Chris you know, is just, one of those, Chris is that, and then Chris just that... fucked it all up. She's that character that like everybody follows her, yet no one knows why they follow her. But because she's like the big cheese of the popular girls, like everyone just kind of does whatever she says. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like it's a case study almost of like how shitty those people actually are because most of the people that follow her are not that kind of person. You know what I'm saying? Like like Mm -hmm. most of and all of them aren't that shitty. And all of them diverge. There's a there's a moment where they're in detention and they're you know serving out their detention yeah. on the football field where uh, Mrs. Harginson or Mrs. Harginson, Mrs. Collins, Miss Collins is making them run and do push-ups and stuff like that, and everybody else is going along with it. And she's finally like, "I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not going to go yeah. to prom." Blah blah blah. And it, she tells everybody else, "Come on, she can't do this. If if we just stand up to her and Sue looks at her and she just goes, Chris, just shut up.' Yeah, you know." And that's like the, mm-hmm. and so all the other girls at that point in time are no longer kind of under her, under her, uh, her powers of persuasion as the bully, yep. except yep. for that one stupid follower, Norma still, who yep. kind of wants to be, who wants to be her best friend and wants to do whatever she does. Yes. Which the the funny thing is in the book, like it suggested <laughs> that she actually wins on her own merit. Which, like, it, it, in the book, it's like, wow. And it's like, oh. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> oh, wins well, uh, prom, prom queen? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. So, that, uh, man, that, that whole end scene, though, is just, like, as soon as the, to me, I, I get chills every time I see the scene where the, the backdrop lights on fire and mm-hmm. she's silhouetted in flames, you know? Like, you yeah. just see the dark, 
the dark figure of her against kind of badass actually oh man it's incredible <laughs> dude but like it that that part right there i i just it I get chills every time I see it. It's crazy. So, so let's let's get into it quickly because we got to start wrapping this up. But let's get quickly into the end of the movie. Like the end, I thought was one of the most impactful parts because it really goes off the rails. Yeah. Like like from somebody who who had never seen the movie before, I thought that the whole burn down of the school was the ending of the movie. Right. Oh fuck, was I wrong? <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, because we didn't even talk too much about the mother. We talked about how she was a, a religious nut job. But like, <clears throat> we didn't really even get too much into that. But she when was... Carrie goes home after the, the school burns down, and she's going home, and she's like, everything went wrong, mama, this and that, blah, blah. She's looking to her mother for comfort. And then her mother pulls out a fucking kitchen knife and stabs her. Yeah. This girl cannot catch a break. Oh. And it's, it's so sad, dude. I felt sad, dude. so bad for her. Her mom, by the way, was played by uh, Piper Laurie. Piper Laurie was incredible. Was amazing. Oh, yeah. She's a Detroit girl, you know. Oh, really? Um, yeah. That makes sense with the knife. And Detroit she... <laughs> versus Carrie. And she, uh, man, she was so, so good in this <laughs> role. Like, honestly, just, she played the religious zealot. Yeah. So perfectly. She and went, then at the end when she just went completely psycho, like everything yeah, about yeah. her was chilling. It was so good. Um, everything about the relationship between Carrie and her mother was sad because uh, you yeah. it's like all I'm doing, like I'm watching this, I'm internally screaming, like, Oh my god, you suck as a mother. Like, what are you doing to one, this poor daughter who like just wants to be a normal kid? You are fucking one of this, up her life so one, bad. Like one of the parts that hits me hard every time, and it's really, I mean, like I don't even know if a lot of people would agree with this, is because there's a ton of sad stuff that happens in this movie. But it's when they're sitting across from each other, and uh, at the dinner table, and she says, "I've I've been invited to the prom," and her mom starts saying stuff about temptation and you know stuff yeah, like mm-hmm. that, like, and then. Uh, Carrie says something like, he's a nice boy, you'd really love him, and she throws her drink in Carrie's face, and and Carrie at first like flinches, and she's soaking wet from the drink, and then she just continues talking, and it's like, it's indicative of how her entire life has been, like just yep. suffering abuse at the hands yep. of her mother, because... Getting a drink thrown because getting a drink thrown at her at the dinner table seems to be a a totally commonplace thing. Like she just continues talking, and she looks like just so pathetic and sad in that moment. And I'm like, it's it's like it's it's so heavy, man. It's really emotional. Sissy Spacek has some acting chops. Holy crap! Yeah, yeah, she's great. Yeah, like, and by the way, like, I was so happy to find out she was 29 in this movie. (laughs) But, uh, oh my gosh, does this girl have acting chops? Like, and she still does, like, all the way through, like... I don't know what she's done since Castle Rock, but when she was in Castle Rock, fantastic. Like yeah. the fun, I listened to this on audiobook, and she was the narrator, which made it even more fantastic. Oh, was she really? It was awesome. Like no, honestly, I'm... listening to her narrate the book and like with the with energy and like conveying like the emotion through that, and then watching the movie was freaking fantastic. Like. Well, I... I think she prepared for the role. Like, I I think she was kind of, I don't know if she's always a method actor, but she, for the role, she, like, didn't associate with any of the other actors on set. She filled her whole dressing room with, like, crazy religious uh, totems and stuff like that. Like, she put, 
Yeah, so she really kind of sunk into the character. Yeah, Sissy Spacek did. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. yeah. Pretty, wow. pretty wild. Weird. So she really, she really dove into it, yeah, and she did so, so good. So let's let, let's let's get even further than that because this movie has like a thousand false endings. Quite frankly, this yes. honestly, God, this movie could have ended seventeen fucking times and uh-huh. just didn't. Yeah. It just kept going and going and going. Um, not necessarily in a bad way. It's just like holy shit, how many? How much like, more story is there? Yeah, to like tell? what else can happen to this girl? So Carrie, um, basically, from what we were talking about, her mom stabs her. Uh, her mom, she kills her mom in, in a fantastic way that was very indicative of Jesus Christ from the scenes earlier. Did you guys notice that? Yeah, yes. the na- the yeah. knives through the wrist. Na- yeah. So yeah, you'd watch, have to be, watch the you'd movie. You'll blind it. to not see that, Mike. Listen, I was hoping that was going what? to be a thing. Do you see this. the Jesus allegory in there? <laughs> I will say this. I will say this. They they showed did, the Jesus did anybody, in. Did you see that it was the, like a cross? It was like the crucifixion. Did anybody notice that? Shut up. They showed the Jesus. It showed Jesus right after. They showed Jesus on the cross in the beginning of the movie, right? And yeah. I was watching at the end of the movie, the, the, the second that the mom got the knife through the hand, like, through both yeah. hands, yeah. I was hoping at that point that, like, I hope they don't show the Jesus in the closet again. Yeah. I, I wish that they would have just kind of had that to be like a callback to where if you if you noticed it, you noticed it, right? But then, like, in the in the next sequence after the mother's death scene... They just fucking focus on that Jesus again. I'm like, that's yeah. that, that's cheap. Like, make the audience actually kind of work for it a little bit. You hey, know in case that's you what missed I, it, exactly, exactly. Like, I wish they wouldn't have done that because that then it would have been a bit yeah. more impactful because you would have had to actually fucking think about it, and you would have understood. Oh my God, this is the you know you know that would have been a lot cooler. That's all I'm saying. Like, I think it was stupid that they had to. They had to call back to it because Listen, fucking I, audiences I are stupid. I don't want to be going to a movie and thinking, Mike. Well, <laughs> I'm I'm sorry, but you have to. Um, but even beyond that, though, there's another ending. Like care, both Carrie and her mother die in a fiery inferno of the house, right? Mm-hmm. So you think that's the end of the movie, but not so quite because Sue not is so the quite. only not so quite. So We're going quite. with it. We're going with it. Uh, hashtag Buskill Podcast. Um, not, so quite, not so quite. <laughs> Sue survives the whole ordeal. Yeah. And she and, and it's weird because she goes to the house. Like there was a whole sequence where the house basically like fell into hell, essentially. All yeah, kind of caves in black on itself. Lava rocks are all over the place and yeah. whatever. And and in the sequence, Sue goes to the house with with flowers, and she's putting flowers down by the sign that basically says Carrie went to hell. Mm-hmm. So you're wondering, is this literal? Is it not? Like, is this just the thing? But the weird thing is, is that Sue is glowing white, mm-hmm. which is very interesting because are you supposed to take that as like because like Sue was the one, the one good girl of the entire group? Like her and Tommy, like were the were they the angelic ones? No, is that how you're supposed to take that? Like, I didn't. Why else would she be glowing white? Like, what other representations? Didn't you notice? Didn't you notice that every scene that took place around the White House, not the White House, but the but Carrie White's house? Didn't you notice every single scene throughout the entire movie that took place around her house had that same like soft washed out 
uh, light to it. I didn't notice that. Soft washed out, maybe, but how? Like, it's like every single scene that's glow. It wasn't just washed out. She had a glow around. Well, she her. was like, she was also dreaming, glowing. She, she was, all, I just, she, she was yes, also she was dreaming. I get yeah. that, but like, there's got to be more to that though. Like Sue was the only girl of the entire group that was actually nice to her. She literally sacrificed her date to the prom to take her. Like, like that's why I'm wondering if maybe like that's supposed to be like her as some sort of like, you know, pseudo angelic type <laughs> character. Pseudo. James, James, James there's it. a there's a story. Yeah, <laughs> um, like, you get what I'm saying though. Like I wonder I if that, that's supposed to be that. I would I would maybe the think whole that. heaven and hell kind of. I would maybe think that if what happens next didn't happen. What happened next? When Carrie reaches up out of the ground and then it cuts back to reality and Sue is completely losing her mind. Mm-hmm. Losing your mind, yes, but like, is that? I I, I I get what you're saying. I just wonder if it's. How literal are you supposed to take everything? I guess that's the question, you know? Mm, I don't know. That's Honestly, that's, I've that, never that, really... That's the question, yeah. Yeah. Like, how literally are you actually supposed to take everything? That, that's, that's the question. Because I think you can interpret things in a lot of different ways. Did you notice that that scene was shot backwards? Part of it, yeah. Yeah. Like, when you see the cars in the background, yeah. they're actually moving in reverse? It's kind of yeah. weird. Um, I yeah, that. I... No, I've never, I've never really th- thought about it like that. I guess I, I mean, I, I, I guess there's so much, there's so many like religious themes running throughout the movie that maybe it would make sense that there's some sort of, some sort of, uh, like message there. But I've, yeah. I've never really thought about it. Yeah, I don't know. I just that that's just kind of how I took it. Like I said, they were the two characters of the entire movie that were trying to do good that they recognized what they did was wrong and they were trying to make good on it like they were the, they were the only two characters of the entire film yeah that stepped it up right and then she's the one character at the very end that is glowing white i can't think of any other reason that a character will be glowing white even in a even in a dream sequence you know yeah yeah or maybe that's how she views herself mm-hmm. who knows yeah, I, don't I don't know, know. i think it's interesting though it's there yeah. for a purpose, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, so. some, something to look into there, Carl. Yep. <laughs> All right, so moving on to the next movie, uh, we have... Uh... <laughs> but anyways, fun little fact before we end it. What's that? I found it really fascinating that this book was written... Have you guys... Uh, it was written a lot like World War Z, where it would go... So in World War Z, that was just like excerpts from like books and interviews and stuff like this. So in uh, the book Carrie, it w- would switch back and forth between like excerpts from books and interviews uh, and different things like that to the events of like that actually take place in the movie. And I found it very fascinating that Stephen King had written a book like that, much less his first one and didn't really stick with it. Cause I don't even think that was the style back then. I just found it really fascinating. Cause like, it'd be like interviews and excerpts from books written about what happened with Carrie and like interviews with Sue and other people who were kind of in town at the time. You're making me really want to read the book. Hey, you should, you should, can I give you, can I give you a little insight? What? 
He was on drugs. <laughs> of course he was. He was. It's Stephen King. I don't King. think that this was just the height of his druggy. No, no, this that was, not was the, the height, height of his drug. I don't. I, of, I don't think that there was ever a time where he wasn't on some sort of drugs. So. I, well, he's I not now. That, I do know that. Well, he not wrote now, this book. obviously. I do know that he wrote this book and then didn't believe in it and threw the manuscript in the garbage. And it was his wife that picked it up out mm-hmm. of the garbage and really? and was like, "No, you need to continue this." And wow. he and he did. Yeah, his yeah. wife at the time is his ex-wife now, but his wife at the time is the entire reason that he has a I'm career. Sure, it's the same. Wow. I'm pretty sure it's the same wife. I don't. I thought he was divorced. Is he not? No. No, he, he he's very he happily married. He did a married. lot of drugs. Tabitha, I'm pretty sure yeah. that makes people divorce people. Yeah, Tabitha King. <laughs> Unless she was also doing okay. a lot of drugs. Yep. Well, fair enough. Same she's, wife. She's an author as well, I'm pretty sure. Like she, Poems. She's a writer as well, at least. Um, but she had read the manuscript, and she's like, no, you need to continue this. And, yeah. and he did it, sent it out to some publishers, and he did a rewrite, and then that was it. That's right. But it was up to his wife is the reason that, that this book even got made, which launched his entire career, which is yep. crazy. Cool. So. Thank you, Tabitha King. Thanks, Tabs. Thanks, Tabby. <laughs> Thanks, Tabby. Um, all, all right. right. Let's, well, let's hey, wrap this w- shit up. yeah, we're uh, this is again, Jansen, longest episode How in fucking forever. We're, we're we're at two and a half hours. It'll probably be, it'll <laughs> you probably, normally have the clock just for me, guys. It'll probably be cut down to like two hours and fifteen because I got stuff to cut out. But you know. That's all right yeah. though, because the last well, the last couple weeks we've, we've, we've come in under two window. hours, so. Yes, yes, I very much am. I'm very what chatty. What we're trying to say is that you're long-winded. That's that's what we're trying to say. Yeah, you. Yes, you're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and and long in the pants. Am I right? Yeah. I don't, I don't yeah. actually know. I don't actually know. Yeah. All right. So anyway, that's it. Uh, happy birthday, Stephen King. Uh, Favorite here, author. Here's to another, what is he, 70? I don't know. 80, 90, he is seventy-two years old as Here's, of. Actually, no, he will be seventy-three on uh, Monday. Well, here's tomorrow. to here's to another seventy-three. May you never die. Yeah, also, yeah let's just pretend this is like his two hundredth birthday. That way, we can say, dude, is a is a living legend. Like he's he never dies. <laughs> he's already a living he's like legend. Two hundred years old Come at on. seventy-three. <laughs> All right, so uh, that's it for this week. If you want to find us before next week, you can find us on all social media at uh, the Buzzed Kill Podcast on Instagram, SoundCloud, and Facebook. You can also find us on Twitter at the Buzzed Kill PC. Clearly, you've already found us on the uh, interwebs on your favorite podcasting streaming services. So please tell a friend. Also, if you're into visuals, check us out on YouTube. We have a show called mm. Trailer Trash where we watch the week's best trailers and uh, we give you our opinions, whether you like it or not. It's a good show. So we, th- go we think. So check out YouTube. <laughs> that's go to an opinion. Go to YouTube. Type in the Buzzed Kill podcast, and hopefully we'll have our own URL yeah. at some point. We need a we need a hundred subscribers before we can get like an actual dedicated URL. So until then, it's just like it's like YouTube.com slash numbers. So hit the subscribe <laughs> button and the notification bell. Oh, here you are. And, jo- and join us. I'm gonna subscribe you. right now, gentlemen. Thanks, l- thanks, bud. You should have done yeah. that like three weeks ago. But whatever. <laughs> hey, if if uh, if you guys included the link in the post, Shush, I would we have. Fig- we, yeah. we figured yeah. that out, all right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, there should be, episode three should be streaming uh, now, if you're Subscribed. listening to this. It should be up uh, up right now. So episode three just went up within the last few hours. So right on, right out. on. All right. Well, hey, Jansen, thanks for joining us, man. Hey, thanks, buddy. High yeah. five.
Thanks for having me. Oh, Thanks oh. for COVID. COVID. Yeah, oh no! Can't have it with <laughs> you guys. I'll have it. I could have come out. I could have come there after all tonight. <laughs> yeah, right. Why? Why are you separate, James? Why am I separate? Because somebody in my extended family may or may not have been exposed to COVID. It doesn't matter until uh, <laughs> until until next week, boys. Thanks for having Ho- me. Guys. Hopefully, all I'll right. see. Awesome. Ha- hopefully, I'll see you in person next week. All right, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you. <laughs> Cheers. Stay fresh, cheese bags. Yeah, thinking back on what we were discussing too, I was completely wrong about the gym teacher. You guys were right about that. Now that I'm thinking about, yeah, I'm just, I'm just admit, I'm just admitting it now.